We are back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcasting. What is going on, my good friends? We're just going to keep playing music. The second song was even better, Chad. I don't know why that didn't lower the volume, though. That's weird. Uh, I was expecting that to peter out. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to pause it. (laughs) No, we're just getting fucking happy around here. (laughs) Hey, it's normal show routine, right? Yes. We just watched the Brownies lose, so. Uh, (sighs) Close one. Yeah, but Chad Henney came in and played better than I thought he was going to at the end there. Yeah, what I, a what a dick! I think you had a bias because <laughs> he was a Michigan dude. He sucked as a quarterback <laughs> when he was playing. So hey, tonight you know, sh- what? When we get we saw Andy Reid. That's Andy Reid at work right there. Like after losing and losing and losing and losing, and he's younger mm-hmm. mid, mid to mid career, all those NFC championships. He's showing all those small things he learned. Through those experiences now, and how much better he, when he whoops the shit out of teams now. That was a game he could have lost right there. Mm-hmm. And put in a second-string quarterback and still kept his foot on the pedal. Yep, absolutely. So, guys, tonight's show being brought to us by Predator Flag Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlagGear.com. A-R-X Hooks. Find them at ARXHooks.com. Sims Fishing. Fish it well. SimsFishing.com. Hey, tonight's show is being recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check Mark out at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Yeti. Built for the wild. Queen City Guiding. Ryan Evans, our buddy. Get a guided trips, flies, all kinds of different things at queencityguiding.com. Check out Why Not in their app, The Dock. Smooth. Yeah, man. Hey, <laughs> I think we killed Jace. Where is he? You not coming tonight? I, I, I did see him pull in. He's just running a little late. Hmm. It's usual. <clears throat> but <clears throat> So tonight, our guest, uh, Nikki Sagnabeni. Can't wait to talk to him. He, uh, he had a pretty good trip going over the summertime. So he's going to discuss that and talk about a new boat and all the adventures that he's been up to. Um, other than that, we had a little bit of adventures this week. Uh, Jay, you want to get into what you and I, what you and Jace did today? We can wait for Jace for a second. Oh, or yeah. We can, I forgot. It doesn't I, matter. That's, it's either way. It's when, fine. When he's not sitting here, I don't think he's actually here. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's here somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, it's a, yeah, I, well, I just took him for trout fishing. That was about it. Uh, here, a cool story. We had a death in the family. Not really a death, but... Yeah, hey, anyone that's listened to the show, pour one out. Yeah, the eight ball, uh, one of the original boats, uh, Chad's one of Chad's old boats, a boat I learned to row on, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of good times on that boat, going down a lot of different places locally and a little further away. And I bought that boat when I was 16. We ran that bitch down the Ganey, and <laughs> Fat Slater and I are on it, and, I mean, things about two and a half inches off <laughs> the water. I so was a, dirty. Oh, we were point. Jesus walking, man. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, you were literally Jesus walking. Like, you felt like you were just standing on the water. 
and the decks were super high, so like it's right next to the lid of the boat. It was a great boat though. Caught a lot of big smallmouth in that boat and had a great time on it. Oh shit! But like, I used to do my bass bass mastering out of that boat back in the day. Yeah, I was, my dad, I was a nine and a half horse king. My dad said he's like, man, I, I rode around and chat the boat bass mastering with him a couple times. Yeah, uh, we were that lake we were talking about yesterday, the Allegheny Reservoir. <laughs> Rick and I rode that or towed that boat up to the game or up to Kinzu and fished a bass tournament out of it. And Rick caught some fish, I think. I, I think I got skunked, but Rick caught some fish. Hmm. And Should then uh, worse, but Wayne Wayne and I took that boat up there, up to the gaining or Kinzu, and uh, fished a tournament up there. And man, I fished Lake Arthur, Lake Wilhelm, Shenango. I fished Shenango weekly on that thing, but she no more. Yeah, I had a couple West. If if anybody knows. Uh, the people, the people type around here. Uh, some Westillians <laughs> came around from the beautiful city of downtown Sharon. Came out to the house, and he's the, my wood guy. So, but he's he's a he's a certain breed scrapper type, you know. So he comes out, and I had already had the thing sawzawed into three pieces, rather light actually. So. How thick was the fiberglass on the bottom of it? Not as thick as you'd have thought it was. Not as thick for as, he- as heavy as it was? Dude, that was all in them. That was all in the... Uh, in the plywood? Yeah. Yeah. That plywood was like an inch and a half at this point. <laughs> it sucked up so much water. It was heavier than shit. Me and the Amish kid. I had the Amish kid. He was t- using the phone. So I was like, hey, come, come on here and help me. <laughs> you should have him go home and get some horses to drag it out back. <laughs> <laughs> I, me and him drug it off the, uh, drug it off the trailer. I saws all through half of, you know, just down the side, one side of it. I'm like, man, why don't you help me real quick? Pick this thing up. He picks it up on his side, right through the bottom of it. I'm like, all right, I'm good. Thanks. And they were pulling up. I saws all through the other two sections, and there it went. Nice. They loaded it up. I didn't even have to pick it up. There you go. <laughs> the greatest thing ever. I'm like, thank you for taking it off my hands. And take this piece of shit uh, um, grill while you're at it. <laughs> So I got that thing out of there too. So the house is looking a little nicer now. I'm not looking as white trash out there anymore in the Thompson household. Do you guys want anything else? Come on. I, uh, That's been a permanent lawn ornament since you moved in that house. It has. So I, I pumped up the tires on the uh, on the trailer. Trailer looks in great shape. It's had uh, it's had a giant boat on top of it, just just you know covering it from all, any kind of you know rain or anything. It's like a huge metal a tarp. It's like a roof. Yeah, nice little roof. So aluminum roof. So I, I backed it in there. Put. I uh, pumped up one tire. The other one was still pumped. Was put it? Little, put a little air in that one and, you know, filled the other one up. And they're still sitting there with air in them. And I took it in there. I started messing with it, just sanding on it a little bit. And it looks like it's going to be pretty easy to just to get into good shape. Are you going to repaint it red? No, I think I'm going to go with black. But Ooh, Make it look faster. Yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You put flames down it? Oh, yeah. I got a couple of green stickers. You should have your scrap guys come back and paint it camo. I should. <laughs> I should. The West Hill camo. Scrapyard camo. I mean, he. this guy sounds like he's from the bayou. Like, I, try, I got good wood. I got, you got any more scrap in there from your mouth? I took some I took some stuff from your dad the other day. He, he was cussing me out. He was cussing me out, man. He, uh, man, I do it. And this is exactly how the guy sounded. I'm like, and this is he's talking to me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He took some shelves. I'm like, my dad got some, had some shelving units. Uh, from that they used to have at McDonald's for the stock, and they did re up, they you know upgraded all of them, but they're nice. 
took all the metal from all those. <laughs> and my dad was like, what the? F-? He was pissed. So and Every happy. time you talk about this guy talking, all I can think about is the guy from Swamp People. It's it. Shoot him. Shoot him. <laughs> that is exactly how he sounds. That is him. That is this guy. But he's like 75 years old, and he still gets out, grabs shit, like throws it around. And, you know, that was, hey, give, as long as he, he keeps moving, that old crazy bastard. Bring me some good wood. That's all I need. I need that good wood. You need that good wood. I need that good wood. Come bring that good wood. I got, I got oak. I got, I got, I got hickory. I got oak. I got, I got the maple. I got maple, Jay. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we're right, whatever the fuck. We'll just throw, just don't get stuck in my yard again. <laughs> you stupid hillbilly. Get, get your four-wheel drive fixed first. <laughs> oh, jeez. Trying to winch them out and shit. Thank God for rednecks with giant trucks going down the road. <laughs> Oh, people with big trucks love to unstick other people with smaller <coughs> trucks. Oh, absolutely. That's like that's like a hobby. Mm-hmm. That's Ernie. Everyone sitting at the table knows Ernie. When it snows out, he throws a, a chain in the back of his Jeep and just drives around looking for people in ditches because <laughs> he loves to unstick them. Uh, yeah. Man. So I I got a 10-minute story because we got 10 minutes till we got to call Nikki. There you go. <clears throat> I went for a walk today in the woods. We made it, it started out a family walk, you know, we made it back to the ravine, which is a, if anyone doesn't know, which no one does, it's about 350 yards and my son started crying. He was like, <gasps> it's cold. I said, well, mom and dad told you to put a jacket on. You said you put two shirts on. You said you'd be fine. I don't want to hear it. And Ash said, well, uh, well, I'll take him back. All right, if you're going to take him back, give me my goddamn stocking cap back. Because <laughs> I gave him a stocking cap before he even got out of the yard. So they went back, and I was like, all right, now I'm on my own. So this is uh, behind my house. I walk, I walk it a lot, but I ventured up a little bit further than normal into a place where I used to archery hunt. And uh, I was walking back there. I was like, oh, I found some good spots. I'm going to morel hunt. Found elms with the... The bark all falling off of it. I was like, oh, this is a good spot. Good spot. And then uh, look up, three doe run. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I should probably be looking for sheds too. And then uh, my wife calls me. I was like, ah, what's up, babe? What's going on? She's like, why are you whispering? I said, because I'm in the woods. <laughs> She's like, it's not hunting season. I just saw three deer. <laughs> She's like, don't shush me. I'm going to the store. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I hung up on her. I make three or four more steps, kick a buck out, a little spike, but it still has horns on. I was like, ah, this is cool. So that's uh, that's the most deer I've seen in the woods in a long time. And that one still had its antlers on. So who knows if it's uh, time to be looking for sheds or not. I've been seeing on the internet that people are finding them, but I just, I don't know. I didn't find any today. I'd so, imagine a smaller deer like that might not lose them as quickly, or maybe they do. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't either, but <clears throat> no sheds were found today. I'm not going to give up the hunt, because I know there's still one back there. It's still pretty early yet. Well, people are seeing them. Crap, they had to just end. start dropping okay. yeah. in a week. I, I, people were seeing them end of gun season. Hmm. I, I got one during, but I don't think it was a shed. Yeah. I think it was knocked off. But, but I just... uh. Gonna keep it up. I think that one would be hard to find. <laughs> it was a spike, and they were maybe oh, four yeah. inches. <laughs> Just looked like a little white stick. <coughs> I I've only ever found one, and my son found it. We were out morel hunting. He's like, Dad, look at this. 
<laughs> I was like, ah, oh, you're the man, buddy. The one I stumbled upon like this year was just right underneath my feet. I was we were just walking out, looked down. Holy shit, look at that. Anything defining? Like was it around a log or something, like where the deer would have to jump up over it or anything? It was or? Right on the edge of a thicket. Okay. Like I'm talking some thick shit. Like on a trail. That people actually have cut out through the woods. Like four wheeler trails. Okay. I so. kicked I kicked out a cottontail today too. First time I've oh, done nice. that in shoot, probably two decades. It kicked out. I was like, Shh. I, I remember that noise. I looked over. I saw the white tail jumping. I was like, oh, this is cool. So, might have to do some small game hunting next year. You know, I was. Uh, I saw something that I was very surprised that um, I didn't even know that they were here. But we have snowshoe in PA, in the mountains. Up in the mountains, yeah. Yeah, because uh, uh, Allen, he went. He was up there. At Lucas Allen. Oh, okay. He was up there and shooting with his uh, grandpa and his dad and stuff. I, I not like I saw the post and I saw one, you know what I mean? I'm like, what the where'd he go? And I'm like, he's in Pennsylvania. What the shit? Pretty cool. I didn't ever I didn't know that. So it was pretty cool to learn and any you go up to the mountains, there's a lot of stuff still, I guess. Yeah. And man. And ESPN calling your team lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck you, ESPN. <laughs> you can get to grouse and still get some actual true pheasants up through there a little bit too. Actually, I was going to say that the only time I've ever seen a pheasant in the wild was in that strip of woods I was in today where I kicked up those deer. And they don't stock pheasants around there, Mm-mm. which I don't I don't know where it came from, when it <laughs> came from, but I saw one pheasant back there, and he said that was 10 years ago, too. I used to see a few about by my mom, so I don't know if they stocked those fields either. They may have. People might have stocked them. It could have been personal, you know, someone personally stocking them. We used to use the seam off in the road. I know me and my dad put three or four across the street one time for when Hunter was around. We tried to get her to be a pheasant dog for about a week and a half. <laughs> There's a lot of little fields like that that people just put them in and end up with 8, 10, 12 here and there. And they shuffle all around all over the place. They don't fly as much when they're stalked. I, I, I've never really got into doing any of that. I've always done, it was always duck and stuff like that if it was any kind of birds. Yeah, me me as well. I, yeah. I never duck hunted, I always pheasant hunted. I will say the woods is beautiful this time of year. You can see for miles and just all like drab and dreary. I love it. <clears throat> and there, there are some cool mushrooms growing too. Um, I found an old, 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 old winter uh, uh, oyster. And it's just not pickable, but it was around. It was pretty cool to see. Jace was, uh, he saw some of the mushroom stuff up in, you know, the, the Brook Trout Stream area. And the one tree, you know what I mean? He's like, oh, look at all those. My, I hooked the mushroom off the one tree. <laughs> her mace got her first one. <laughs> <laughs> first cast right into the fucking mushroom. <laughs> God damn it, come on, man. Oh, so you, so you know what, what tree I'm talking about? Yeah, now? Oh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know exactly what tree. Once you said it, I I didn't know what you when you said it. I didn't know exactly what tree you're talking about. Once I saw it again, it's it's you know pretty the tree with the turkey tails. Yeah, noticeable <laughs> marker. That's not where she caught her first one. Uh, That's where she had the one hit the dry fly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna nice go work hole. one day, and Jason's got there and cherry pick all your mushrooms out of it. I know. Jeez. So, guys, what do you think? Do we want to go take a break and uh, come on back with Nick? Yep. Sure. All righty, guys. We will be back. And we are back with Nick Sagnabeni from Adventure Bound. 
What's happening, buddy? Hey guys, how are you doing tonight? We're doing great. So, uh, what what's been happening, bro? We haven't talked to you for a while. It's been a long time since you've been on a show. It has been a long time. Um, you know, doing uh, a little bit of the same, which is basically uh, working and fishing. You know, not it's not not the bad lifestyle, but uh, just got back from uh, a nice trip out west and uh, put some miles on the on the truck and dragged the boat along and, and the dog and the, the girlfriend joined me for a bit. So, uh, you know, I got out of the area and and kind of uh, enjoyed myself in a sense and what's happening in the world. So, you know, not uh, not too much really besides uh, trying to have some fun with uh, with the craziness going on. It sounds like you're living the dream, man, taking the girl it's, and the dog out west with a brand-new uh, new to you boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, I, I definitely am, am lucky. And, you know, at the turn of this year, I was, I was thinking how blessed and – and lucky I was, and you know, hit a hit a couple small road bumps on that that journey. But for the most part, uh, came back with, uh, you know, a, a boat in one piece and all my fingers and toes. So, you know, the dog didn't get eaten by a grizzly, and it uh, it was nice. So it speak, was real nice. So speaking of your trip, can you uh, how to start? How'd you go about? Take us from a uh, from nuts to bolts. How'd you go about planning it? Where'd you think about going? What happened on the way there? You know, so, um, you know, it's just, we, we had such a hot and dry summer. Uh, I had barely did any fishing, um, basically for all of June and July. I mean, I had a couple clients in there, but the, the precipitation was so low that, um, our trout streams just warmed right up. We had such a good snowpack too. There's a really good, we had really good, um, snow and rain all spring basically until, uh, middle of May and like a light switch, everything flicked off. So, uh, being someone who I think I had, uh, early May, like a hundred days on the water, uh, at least I went from, you know, fishing almost every day to not fishing at all for like two, three months. And, you know, the, the nuts and bolts started turning basically and figuring out what I could do and where, and, you know, with COVID going on, uh, travel, uh, is kind of limited. So I first planned to go to Bozeman and fly there, rent a boat, and go with some buddies. And I just got to thinking, you know, why not just kind of pack up the new boat and, um, and everything and, and drive out there and spend some time. And uh, instead of flying out there, I uh, would see if anybody wanted to meet me out there. And, you know, I got to talking to the girlfriend and uh, she was very very kind and let me spend a little bit extra time out there myself but uh uh actually super kind <laughs> and um, that's a keeper nikki you know, uh, yeah so she came out for uh two weeks with me um which was really fun you know we did some touristy stuff we fished some stuff uh but then i had about um five weeks a little over five weeks of just full-blown uh camping and fishing so um i i just you know, I was just trying to put something together and with, uh, working pretty limited hours and uh, clientele, uh, not really rolling through cause the weather, uh, just being so hot dry this summer, you know, I decided to just kind of get that, uh, get that rolling. And, you know, it wasn't hard. I think the hardest part was trying to figure out where I wanted to fish. I mean, you think about Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, um, you know, where do you start and where do you end? So, 
you know, the first and foremost point was uh, the girlfriend drove out. We, we drove through Chicago right overnight. Um, we were making good time out of Buffalo, and uh, we ended up making it to uh, South Dakota uh, about a half a day early. And we spent a night at Mount Rushmore, checked that out, did some scenic stuff, um, and then uh, headed right uh, through the Black Hills and, and into Cody, Wyoming, where we uh, first leg of our journey really started on the uh, Shoshone uh, Riverfed there. So I don't know if you guys have any uh, have any experience in that part of Wyoming, but uh, you know, pretty pretty cool stuff over there. No, we we don't. Uh, Jay went to Yellowstone this year, and I fished just in Yellowstone in Wyoming in the Firehole. That was it. Yep, yep. So we went. We uh, after Cody, which was on the east side of Yellowstone, we went right through the East Gate there. Um, but uh, you know, <laughs> one of the first things that kind of caught my attention was we were trying to find some some camping areas over there, and you know, I did mainly tent camping or car camping. Um, and only got some small Airbnbs here and there. But um, one of the first things I, I really caught my attention was uh, how hard it is to try to find a campsite because you're in grizzly country. And, uh, you know, most of those sites over there on the east side of Yellowstone are hard side only. So we were just not sure what we wanted to do. And, you know, that kind of went off for the whole trip of not pre-booking any, anything for the most part and just kind of seeing where we went, where we were at. Um, we, yeah, we ran into a couple of roadblocks. First things first was trying to find some camping spots. Uh, so it was hard, hard side only. So you either needed a, um, a pickup uh, camper or a trailer or something of those sorts and, uh, no tents. So, you know, we ended up, uh, finding some, some places to stay, but, uh, it was a nice area and leading right into, uh, Yellowstone there was, pretty unique i mean going through all those beautiful mountains i've never seen anything like it except for a little bit uh a little bit down in chile but um i've never never been to wyoming i've never been to idaho I've never been to montana so i was excited you know as soon as we got in there uh you know i'm not a fan of the high desert which was basically the entire way there but that Eastgate yellowstone area was just just beautiful just beautiful and uh we stopped by the fire hole we didn't fish it but we uh you know, we checked out some geysers and whatnot, uh, and just super cool. I mean, I really enjoyed kind of just not fishing and checking stuff out. You know, it was uh, it was uh, it was tough for me not to fish. You enjoyed being <laughs> a boyfriend and not a yeah, not a fishing bum. It was exactly exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but you know what, we we did our fair share of fishing, um, both me and that, me and the girlfriend before uh, you know I got to do it for a while. But yeah, that's, you know, that was the start of it. We headed into uh, Cody and the Eastgate Yellowstone and uh, we kind of hung around there for like four or five days before uh, heading south into uh, Grand Teton National Park. And uh, Jay, you didn't make it that far? We didn't make it south that far. We were uh, northeast, uh, up toward Bozeman, I think we, uh, Gardner. Gardner, yeah. Yeah. So we came in that way. I drove down through all that and all the way down to as far as like uh, Old Faithful. Yep. And then we did like all the, uh, what's that, the Grand Canyon of uh, Yellowstone. It's right there. Yep. That was all yep. real nice to see and stuff like that. Then we went. Yeah, up... so that was, that, that was that boyfriendy stuff that, you know, <clears throat> it was, it's hard not yeah. to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's hard not to look around. And, you know, <clears throat> an hour's drive goes very fast out there because there's a lot to see. Yep. We went to yep. the Lamar uh, River Valley yep. as well. That was really cool. 
Uh, that was a really pretty area. I didn't get to fish anything out there because it was so, like, it was still all the ice runoff or snow runoff. So, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, our, our first morning there, we got up out of the cabin really early. And, I mean, we must have made it uh, a mile before I looked to my right. And there's this eagle chasing ducks, just swooping at ducks in the Yellowstone. Hell so yes. I pulled over, <laughs> pulled over to check that out. And we're like, what the hell? Like, that's pretty cool. I mean. You know, you, you know, I've seen you, uh, tons of eagles. Every time I'm fishing, I, you know, there's eagles around, which um, there never used to be, but it's good to see them back. But uh, next thing I know, I'm, I look down river and this bison's swimming across, and we're like right on the riverbank. I'm like, it's just, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is that thing swimming across? Uh, and lo, lo and behold, a, a couple of them swam right across, right in front of us. And it's, I mean, it really started that trip. That that was like the the, the real start of it. Did you say, I, I go to Buffalo a lot. This is the first time I've seen a yeah, Buffalo. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just the size of those things. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm watching them swim across, and all I can think about is how many 20-inch cutties they're pushing out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> how many got trampled? <laughs> how many got trampled, yeah. And I saw quite a few people when we were driving around the, the Hayden Valley there, um, you know, fishing. And we wanted to get out, but from what I understood, it was kind of just a, a walk the banks and kind of headhunt game in the park there at the, at the time we were there. And, I mean, there was just people everywhere. So, you know, we decided to hold off on that and, and wait till we got into uh, Wyoming to do some fishing. But, uh, yeah, that Yellowstone area is really unique and, you know, right up my alley. I, I definitely am going to try to get back. And that Lamar uh, River Valley area uh, has got some gems, I understand. Uh, between the Lamar River, Slough Creek, and a couple other other uh, good ones over there, so you know, hoping uh, hoping to get back and do a little backpacking in there soon. Did uh, did you ever catch a brook or a cutthroat before you went on this trip? No, so that was a first for me. Um, and we ended up catching uh catching our first ones in a tiny uh, Yellowstone Lake tributary, uh, which was pretty cool. I mean, we just pulled over to the side of the road. There was a really small creek, and I, I can't think of the name of it. It's um, it's very – it's not well-known, but they actually do uh, Yellowstone cutthroat surveys on it. So there was like a little weir getting down towards the lake that I saw that they put in place for counts. Um, and then I'm sure if there's anything else swimming around there, they'll – swimming up to the creek there, they'll uh, do whatever needs to be done with it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I got back and looked up some history of it, and it's a pretty significant – uh, native Yellowstone uh, Cutthroat Creek. So, we got a couple small ones in there on dry flies, fishing some three weights. It was uh, it was pretty cool. Um, I had uh, about five packs of bells going off because all I could think about was grizzlies everywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, the dog the dog had him strapped to his his collar, his harness. I had him on my fishing pack. <laughs> uh, you know, that was that was the first uh, uh well, I should say the first um that North Fork Shoshone River getting into the east gates of Yellowstone is very grizzly. Um so that was the first kind of grizzly fishing instance I had. So when I got in Yellowstone I was just I think I picked up another bear bell bag and I was like, <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna make as much noise as possible and Did you get you know, any spray? I got some spray. Yeah, absolutely. I had yeah. that spray and a holster on my hip. Like yep. I thought I was some tough guy the whole time. <laughs> Damn right. Me too. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, the worst part about it was like halfway through the trip, I lost the safety on the, uh, 
safety on the bear spray, so I've been babying it. Oh no, major babying it. Yeah, so I, I broke off some branches and stuck them under the the trigger on it to try to lock it and some things. So. <laughs> yeah, that, you don't so, want Mace Buford. No, exactly. <laughs> he was definitely close a couple times. Um, so yeah, that whole area was nice. Um, but you know, I really after catching um you know native cut Yellowstone cutthroat there, it was. It was one off the bucket list for sure, uh, but I was definitely ready to uh, put the boat in somewhere. I mean, I've been staring at—I was staring at the thing for like five days in my rearview mirror, and I was just <laughs> waiting to get it wet. So uh, we ended up uh, fishing uh, the Snake River next, just outside of Yellowstone. Uh, I think it was—I think it's technically called like John D. Rockefeller National Forest. And it's a little sliver in between Grand Tetons and the and Yellowstone National Park. And I guess, you know, it's classified as a national national park land um, under the same rules and regs. Uh, but the um, upper snake flows through there and uh, just gorgeous water. Just just beautiful stuff. I, um, I, I will definitely be back to fish the snake. No doubt about it. As, as right right below Yellowstone there. Uh, and there were some really large cutthroats. I mean, it was nice to just throw on a uh, like a size eight hopper with some two X and just flail it out there. You know, <laughs> like you're like, smallmouth fishing. It was just just incredible. And you know, right in that quick quick riffle water, you just keep putting them in some seams. Uh, and next thing you know, you see these cutthroats just come up and smash these flies. And you know, I've heard some stories. My boss has done quite a bit. Uh, of cutthroat fishing out west and so he you know he as soon as we kind of put this together he was just making sure that i was stopping on the snake for uh that cutthroat action uh and it did not disappoint um you know i actually didn't catch any good fish <laughs> the whole the whole trip with my girlfriend she uh basically outfished me tenfold i mean it was it was kind of ridiculous but uh yeah we uh we encountered some large fish up there and um that was above jackson lake so it's true upper snake and uh, i think the fishing pressure on that area is just uh half or less of what it is around jackson hole so <clears throat> it was nice it was really nice you know scenic everywhere obviously um and i guess you know if you talk to anybody out there that there's just big dumb cutthroat everywhere even though they weren't too dumb for me so <laughs> hey that, that's a good way to keep your girlfriend coming back for more right exactly exactly and she loved it you know I, it's i mean it's hard not to love fish just coming up and, and hit big dry flies and when it's really visual you know um when we made it uh through uh through john d rockefeller forest we stayed a little bit um we did some uh, spring creek fishing there's a beautiful feeder to the snake there uh, super Spring Creek style, and uh, it was really interesting, um, all the hot springs in the river. I mean, I was walking, pushing through weeds, looking for trout. I'd see a couple here, a couple there. You know, if you looked at this river, you would think it has got to have just a billion, billion trout in it. Um, but, you know, I could feel the temperature differences walking up this, this creek everywhere. Uh, and then, you know, we ended up finding some natural hot springs on the side of, uh, the Creek, which was friggin' awesome. It was, it was super cool. Um, you know, basically I don't know the proper terminology for it, but like unregulated natural hot springs, um, 
you know, so that was, uh, that was nice. We'd sit in the hot spring and then we'd go cool off in the Creek and then we'd go right back into the hot spring and put down a couple more beers and then we'd go sit back in a riffle and cool off again. That sounds like uh, way more fun than catching, uh, you know, cutthroat. it was, it was just, uh, I literally, we walked, we walked by the hot spring, uh, or the little hot tub sitting next to the Creek. And then we made it like 150 yards up before we're like, all right, let's turn around because, um, I mean, if there were fish in there, you know, I would have definitely kind of seen them more than, I, more, than I, more than I saw at least. Uh, but man, I just, that, that bathtub hot springs on the side of the Creek was just one of the, one of the top times of the entire trip. And it was only the first week, which was really cool. So it's not like we have those, uh, Lake Erie hot springs over here. So <laughs> <laughs> no dice. <laughs> if you find one, let me know where it's at. You get frozen <laughs> frozen puddles and parking lots. Exactly, exactly. So uh, that was cool. Uh, really, really something I remember. But, uh, yeah, that was, um, you know, getting into the Grand Tetons there. And then we went and did a, a bunch of touristy stuff right in Jackson Hole, which, uh, which was really cool. You know, I liked the Jackson area. Um, it was kind of a hub for me because it was just – an hour in Idaho to the South Fork Snake, uh, hour for about 45 minutes to an hour to the Teton River. Um, it was an hour and a half to the Henry's Fork. Um, you know, if I wanted to fish uh, Flat Creek, famous Spring Creek right there in Jackson Hole, known for its like large, extremely large cutties that um, are super sensitive to fishing uh, pressure. Uh, that was there, so I did a little bit of that. Um, I fished, fished uh, this river called the Vermont River, which feeds the snake. Um, just another beautiful freestone uh, mountain river, uh, and that was that was the start of my trip. Um, you know, after we bopped around in Jackson Hole for a while, uh, me and the girlfriend went over in Idaho and fished the South Fork of the Snake, and then we fished the Teton River. And then, uh, you know, that was the end of her trip. That was a, that was a two week session there. Uh, so I dropped her off and then I headed right to the Gravon river. Um, and it's, you know, spelled, spelled, spelled G R O S, um, B E N T R E. It's like gross venture. Uh, but you know, I spent a month there, so I, I gotta, I gotta speak it like a local cause you know, I gotta, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a month local there now. So you gotta represent. <laughs> So uh, that was cool. You know, it was just really unique, heavy grizzly population there, uh, which was me. You know, everywhere I was out there, it was, it was pretty furry, um, as they would say. Um, but uh, I spent three days there just off the grid with the dog. Um, just beautiful campground right on the creek. Uh, and it's just one of those classic, beautiful mountain wyoming streams that you would think of just nice rocks just blue tint to it coming out of the mountains so that was nice um and uh that was like you know the first time by myself uh fishing the the whole trip so uh like i said that kind of started off everything for me and uh, it was a good way to start off a lot of history out there so uh you know i stopped into a couple single tourist things there with me and the pooch and took a couple pictures of some signs and, and whatnot and, and had some fun. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was the start of it. When, and, you, uh, when your girlfriend left, did you get, get to, uh, put the boat in at all? Did you meet people out there and take them fishing? Yeah. So, uh, it was, it was about four days later, uh, a buddy of mine, Mike, uh, ended up flying in 
and I picked him up and uh, we um, went directly to the South Fork of the Snake. And gosh, if I had to pick one river to go back to, that would be it. Uh, just a sick amount of fish. Um, really big water too. I mean, when we were there, it was fishing at like 10,000 CFS. Um, and just, just one of the biggest rivers I've ever fished or floated. I mean, it reminded me of like a mini Niagara. It was, it was pretty intense. Um, and it kind of, you know, opened up my eyes to some bigger water and, and respect for it. Uh, especially in that little skiff. I mean, I hit some, I hit some cross currents, uh, you know, going around some islands that sucked the boat in and that skiff is like the railings are only <laughs> a couple inches above the water. It's real low. Uh, so, you know, we, um, you know, we dipped a little bit here and there, but, uh, yeah, that, uh, that South Fork, man, I, if you guys, you guys ever get the chance, don't pass that up. You know, it was, a, it was a daily hatch from like one to six o'clock of when we were there, there were a bunch of betas, um, PMDs, mahogany duns, uh, and you know, fish were eating them in one riffle, they were eating them in the other. You can nymph them up, uh, you can blind throw hoppers, and we, uh, we just got tore up. I mean, that water was so big, <laughs> the water was so big, and the fish were so big. I mean, we, uh, I plain and simple. I mean, our first day there, we ran into a pot of risers, um, and just got shredded. I mean, the, the pot of fish never stopped rising. They just kept breaking our flies off because they just we just couldn't do we just literally could not do anything with them. Um, you know they take off downstream and if we wanted to give up our lie we could have chased them but it wasn't happening. And I think we were we were really fishing some four x um, some nine foot five weights and uh, I think some olive patterns at that time. But uh, we were really getting into some cutthroat uh, sixteen to twenty inch range. And we could just see them coming up and the size of them. And, you know, we just, we didn't have a chance. <laughs> it was our first, our first real dry fly session out there. And it took us, it took us a day to get our bearings. We landed a couple smaller fish, but, uh, you know, it was, it was very surprising to kind of see how stout and studly they were out there. Well, getting your ass kicked half the fun sometimes. It was so much fun, <laughs> you know, and I'm sitting there videotaping, um, you know, my buddy Mike casting at these risers and uh, getting his ass handed to him. <laughs> so... You know, it's you know we're putting some beers down. We're just enjoying ourselves. It was it was uh, it was hard hard not to love it. And you know, next thing I know, we're we're out of the boat looking at these risers, and uh, Mike just taps me on the shoulder, and there's a giant bull moose that just swam uh, across the river just upstream of us. Uh, and that was boom, I don't know the second or third moose I've ever seen in my life. And me, Mike, and the dog are all just staring at this thing just a hundred yards upstream of us, just. Like, holy shit, what's <laughs> crazy. And, you know, that, that water's ripping, and this thing came across it, no problems, just just amazing. So, uh, you know, we were, again, fishing us some just stout risers and mooses running across the river, and you got the uh, Tetons in the background. I mean, it was just it was just crazy. You should want to ask him what kind of wading boots he has. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the, he, he's definitely got some studs in there for sure. Extra grip. <laughs> <laughs> so you spent five. How how long was your buddy Mike out? You said five weeks. You had by yourself without the girlfriend. Without the girlfriend, yeah. So he was out there for um, about two, and uh, about two and a half actually. Uh, and we fished uh, the South Fork for 
roughly five days a week. Uh, actually, about five days. Uh, then we spent about five days on the Henry's Fork. Uh, that was just another outstanding fishery. Um, and the thing about us, the time we were out there, which was um, basically all of September, uh, the fishing wasn't great. Um, you know, we were kind of out of hatch season. Um, the only reason that South Fork had crazy hatches going off was because it's tailwater and it's got a, uh, just a crazy good insect population. Uh, but the Henry's Fork was pretty stale and we had to work for them. Uh, it, the hopper game was, was on, which, you know, it was on everywhere. Uh, and by the end of the trip, I was really kind of tired of throwing hopper, just blind casting hoppers around. I never thought I would be, but um we yeah the henry's fork we, we don't feel bad for you nick over. i know you don't feel bad i know <laughs> and then everyone comes they're like dude I, you really got tired of throwing hoppers i mean how much hopper fishing do you get to do and i'm like you know not much but i think uh all that you know summer pressure and people dealing with covid everything was packed it was truly packed out there uh i saw a lot of people i tried to get off the grid as much as possible but um you know, tourism out there was up tenfold. I mean, I think Yellowstone had an absolute record year. The Tetons had an absolute record year. And then you, you got to remember, like, some of these places are running at, like, half capacity or different rules. So, you know, some of the campgrounds we had to try to get into, uh, I had to wait in the morning at, like, 7 o'clock to try to get an RSVP somehow, wait for somebody to leave. Uh, it was it was pretty intense. Um so, you know, when we, we got an Airbnb over on Henry's Fork, which uh, really uh, was nice, right on the river, um, 10 minutes to the put-in, takeout was 10 minutes down the river of us. Uh, we had a good spot. We didn't fish any of the real super famed waters, uh, like the ranch section. Uh, you know, that is supposedly just full of 20-plus-inch rainbows and uh, a bunch of 20-plus-inch browns. But pretty flat and pretty stale when uh, hatches aren't going off from what i understand so um we fished below ashton reservoir and i think it was like right in the town of ashton uh but just killer fishery we met a guy at uh at the fly shop there and he said he was been doing streamer floats in the middle of september every evening after after work and we're like come on like you're really fishing this famed henry's fork with streamers and you know, six inch streamers go, go at it and start showing us some pictures. And we're like, well, okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess we'll put the boat in this afternoon and uh, do a streamer session. And, you know, that's what we did. And we got some good browns. I mean, it was really cool. Um, these fish were sitting behind boulders in structure on the edge on seams. Um, as you know, me and my buddy Mike call it, the laws of brown trout apply and it's always nice when they're applying uh you know you cast that streamer you know into a, a a dead dead slot on the side of a current where you would expect a trout to be and boom they smash that streamer um so you know we had a, we had about two days of streamer floats we did pretty well and then we ended up uh fishing right below ashton reservoir uh walking wading around and that was just killer i mean we did dry fly hoppers um you know, as big as you wanted and just keep fishing the quick water and really good rainbows and browns all over there. I mean, the nymphing scenario was, was, was pretty stupendous too. So uh, let's think about those West coast guys. Those, those, no, 
I don't I don't know what word to call them, but uh, man, I got out there and I'm like, so what should I do? And everyone's like, just don't put a bobber on. I'm like, well, what if I just <laughs> want to catch some fish? And they're like, no, don't nymph. It's September. You don't nymph around here in September. August, September. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we did some nymphing and crushed it. But all these guys at the shops, you know, they were they were really against nymphing. Um, and it was, they're just like, you know, why why would you nymph when you can just eventually get big fish on top? And I was just like, you know, I see your, see your point of view. But if they're not coming up on top and I want to get some fish, I'm going to. I'm going to start dredging for him. So they didn't, you know, they kind of gave me that West coast kind of, uh, looking at me like, Oh, here comes this East coast bobber guy. And I'm just like, you know, I'm going to catch fish. So, uh, we did, we did quite a bit of bobber on the, on the Henry's fork there. Uh, and it, and it paid off, but, uh, no, we got, we got some nice fish on, on dries and whatnot. We actually fished, uh, a little Creek, um, right in that area. Um, I am sworn to secrecy. But uh, it's like a little um, lake run spring creek fishery. And we were catching 20 plus inch cutthroats out of a 10 foot wide creek. It was pretty cool. You know, they were eating eating beetles and hoppers and they'd eat streamers. And, you know, you could tight line nymph them because it was so small. It was it was uh, one of the craziest fishing experiences I've ever I've ever encountered. That's sick, man. It was it was just unreal, and the size of these fish. I mean, you'd look into a, a bend on the creek, and there's ten fish uh, over eighteen. <laughs> You're like, what? What are they all just sitting here doing? And you know, from what I understand, just taking thermal refuge uh, at the moment. And I I wasn't complaining. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was not complaining. So uh, you know, that was just after the Henry's Fork, and and it was it, we spent three days there and it was just unbelievable so uh i got some pictures on the on the social media site here um that i'm sure you guys have, have seen of them just just studs it was just incredible and some good video you know you can uh, you can almost kind of get to a pool and see them moving around and, and feeding on on stuff and uh expect that they would come up and, and eat something so we got some pretty cool video of uh of some eats and fights yeah, that was the only thing getting me through here in, in September was going to work every day, and it was hot and sweaty. So, <laughs> what, what's Nick doing? Where is he at today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I I know, and, you know, I get a lot of messages, uh, especially this spring. I had I put, I put a lot of time on the water this spring, uh, and I had quite a few people, you know, message me and say, you know, do you work? like what what are you do you do you do anything are you a trust fund baby like what's your deal i'm like oh furthest from it guys furthest from it uh so it was it was nice and you know like i said uh i definitely definitely was blessed so yeah man you just gotta want it right you just gotta want it and you know just put the plan together and it wasn't unfeasible uh and you know it was just it was it was the perfect time to do something like that I think, uh, just not much else going on. You know, it was hot across the whole 48 and I mean, I don't want to go down to Florida. I don't want to go to any warmer weather than, you know, and it was hot out there. It was a nice dry heat. Thankfully, you know, I left the East coast humidity, but, um, it was nice. It was nice for sure. So that Henry's fork area was beautiful and I'd like to get back for some, uh, some dry fly action there for sure. 
So this may sound stupid. Do you feel guilty now when you ask for a day off? <laughs> you know, uh, yes and no. I I do feel guilty because normally it's an extended day off, i.e. like two plus weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, thankfully I've got a, a really cool boss, John, the shop owner, and he has done a lot of traveling and a lot of fishing around the world and knows what it's like to kind of just obsess about doing that stuff. Um, and you know, thankfully it's just been a year where things have been plausible. Um, you know, so it it was, it's not so much. I, I feel, I feel worse asking for one day off than I do asking for extended vacations. If that, if that's, you know, that's simple. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you, man. So you left the Henry's Fork, and where did you, where, what area did you go next? Uh, so we had about five days left. Um, we ended up fishing uh, one day in on the Teton River, and boy, was it a bust! What a waste of a day. Uh, it was. It was like. Mm, almost mid and September. It was it was mid September, and that thing, it's just a giant spring creek, um, the head of the Teton River, and just so thick with weeds, it was incredible. I mean, we put in at the boat ramp, and we ended up rowing up, uh, like a mile, and that's if that says anything about the current and how flat it is. Uh, and you know the the hardest part about rowing up was running into weed beds and just getting locked in on them, and it was. Even on on uh, the skiff, you know, just barely drafted any water. It was just just so thick with weeds, and um, we saw quite a few fish. Um, we had a couple pods, probably like size twenty eight midges. I don't know. We threw a, we threw stuff at them. They weren't looking at anything we wanted. Um, it was hot. The sun was blasting. It was just one of those days where you're like, we should just kind of kind of not even been on the boat and been on the river and just kind of took a day off almost. But, uh, you know, it was another day on the Teton, so I just tried to mark off as many fisheries as possible. Um, we did get a white fish out of there, um, and I got my first white fish out of the South Fork, which was pretty cool. Uh, I, I know people call them the trash fish, but uh, it's another one off the list for me, which I'm all in. Heck yeah, man. I'd love to catch one of them things. Yeah, they were they were fun. And, uh, you know, nymphing that South Fork, uh, 90% of the time, it was a freaking white fish. So... <laughs> If that we we caught uh, quite a few of them, uh, and that, it, it was interesting that most of the trout came on either dry flies uh, or streamers. So, and we had a crusher streamer day before uh, before the Henry's Fork, before the Teton there on the on the South Fork. Uh, we just got a rain day. It was like sunny in '85, and then dropped 30 degrees, and we ended up streamer fishing in the in the sleet and rain, and just crushed some big browns. So uh, that was another fun part of the South Fork. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Teton was a, a, a bust and the Teton's only about 40 minutes from the South Fork. So we ended up just going over the mountain pass and spending the le- the remainder of the trip on just a beautiful free camping site on the side of the river. So it was, it was kind of, uh, pretty cool to find, um, and just up on a hundred foot cliff, uh, sleeping in a tent and just looking at the river, nothing but the river. So uh, we spent the last time there and, you know, uh, fished our friggin' asses off, me and Mike. And we did well. 
uh, and just kind of, uh, you know, enjoyed it. Uh, with the streamer, I, I, I had a question about the streamer fishing. Uh, like, you know, what uh, flies did you find that were working the best? Were they larger flies? Were you fishing like circus peanuts or anything? Particular? Yeah, we were fishing basically, you know, circus peanuts and bigger. Um, I can't remember. We basically fished one pattern. It was a um, pattern that we used on the Allegheny below the dam before. Uh, color combo, actually. Uh, black and green and a little, like, uh, chartreuse in it. Um, and it just crushed. And the, we didn't catch any cutthroat, uh, really. It was all browns. And they were large South Fork browns, which, you know, apparently when you get into those browns there, it's pretty pretty nice treat. They're not uh, super common. So um, it was like a light switch. That, that sleet rain came in. Uh, then they were like four, five inch flies on a 200 grain, uh, uh, maybe an Argus line, I think. Uh, and I think we were fishing a seven weight and just fishing the banks and just, you know, nice gravel edges and just bringing them across, you know, a steady three feet deep or, you know, give or take on the, on the depth. Um, but just really nice, um, smooth edges. And these fish were just laid up, just feasting on them. Uh, and we really had a banner a couple hours. And it was it was just a crusher dry fly session and then like a light switch, which we knew the rain, rain and, and nastiness was coming. Uh, but like a light switch, I mean, just started, the skies opened up on us. And the fishing was awesome and it would have been even better. But it, it came down so hard and so cold and so shitty <laughs> that we, did, we literally, we, we, made the last mile and we were like we got to row out we just we can't do it anymore it was that bad um you said you've caught enough fish right we you know we did pretty well um and the water out there is so big that like you know after getting beat on with rain and snow and wind um and like 35 degree temps for the last couple hours and just you can barely see any definition of the the water because it's raining and sleeting so hard we were just we were just over it (laughs) We were just done. So we rode out and uh, put the boat on the trailer. And, uh, you know, there's about six inches of water on the boat and uh, drained that baby out and, and got some beers, quite a few beers. And, uh, you know, just uh, basically called it that that streamer trip. What, the streamer day was actually, I think, our last day on the South Fork um, before we headed back uh, into Wyoming. Uh, and, uh, I dropped Mike off, Mike off. So it was a nice kind of finale there. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I, I thoroughly enjoy throwing streamers, uh, especially when there's nice fish that are eating them. Uh, and that was, that was one of those times. So, you know, I, I know Mike, uh, really enjoyed it. And we fished uh, flat Creek in Wyoming, uh, before he left and, uh, they had, pretty okay day i actually fished a little bit before him and and had a better day but uh that was that was it for mike uh i dropped him off at jackson hall airport and um i ended up uh, hitting the grocery store and and making it uh over to the madison for the next uh, about week and a half hey nikki before we before we had hit uh excuse me before we hit wisconsin i have two questions i want to ask about being out west still Mm -hmm. okay uh how was the beers, or were you just drinking banquets? Oh, uh, you know, I think I had like one, one or two banquets. That's it. Um, I uh, the beers were good, and I tried to kind of 
get I, so many craft breweries just all over. I mean, it was it, it was it was really nice. And the girlfriend's a big beer, uh, big beer snob. So we had to make sure to do. <laughs> she's giving me a thumbs up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, yes. to, we had to make sure to you know hit the breweries and and really rotate through over there. And um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big pale ale guy, so I had a a plethora of pale ales. Um, Grand Teton Brewing, Snake River Brewing. Um, when we were in um, Victor, uh, Idaho, which is just over the pass from, it, it's like the Teton River, Jackson Hole, and the South Fork create a little triangle. And that was the triangle that I really spent most of the time in was going back and forth there. And right on the upper, the upper stretch of the Teton is Driggs and Victor, Idaho. And they're just little, little towns. Um, right along the Teton there, and they each had a, a couple breweries um, in in both of those both of those towns. So we uh, definitely had our fair share uh, from each. And uh, as the girlfriend would say, we liberated a couple glasses from each. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you freed them. We freed them, um, and uh, you know it was it was good beer for the most part. I didn't find anything that I didn't like. Uh, you know, a lot of big name breweries for the most part. Um, I mean, out there, I should say. I mean, Snake River uh, is, is a big one. Grand Teton is a big one. So we visited those a couple times, and we had quite a few of their beers, kind of all over the spectrum, uh, wherever we were. And there's a, a bunch of small ones all over that we picked up and kept in the cooler and drank randomly. Um, but it was nice to kind of see a little different selection. You know, from Cody to Jackson, and then when I uh, dropped Mike off and headed up to the Madison in Montana, there um, they had a lot more Bozeman and Missoula beer companies there. Uh, so I definitely got quite a mix, but it wasn't until I drove back towards home and stopped in Wisconsin where I super beered up. I I actually loaded up to bring some home, uh, but a lot of pale ales out there. They're all pretty good, you know. No, no complaints from the beer section out there for me. That's for sure. Good. Uh, How the Madison but I, treat I, you? I, I laid off the highlight for a little bit. I figured <laughs> it was, it was, I was due. <laughs> I hear you, man. Oh. I'm off the highlight for a little bit as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, That's because Chad's had, fat. You keep drinking, too, it, kid. A couple, couple too many highlights last night for the Bills game. <laughs> it was a, still, still recovering. Yeah, I hear you, man. That's rough. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but yeah, we're headed right up to the Madison after, which was, uh, which was pretty cool. You know, that's a pretty historic area. You know, you've got, uh, the streamer God up there, Kelly Gallup. And, um, you know, I ended up going over the, to, um, the slide in there and, you know, he's the only one working and it was pretty cool to kind of talk to him, uh, you know, like he was just working behind the counter at the shop and, you know, he had some stories of coming back out East and he's a Michigan guy. So, um, you know, we connected on, uh, uh, a lot of trout stuff out here, and and he fished the Cataraugus quite a bit when he was growing up. So, uh, you know, we we swapped some cat stories, and you know, it was that was the start of the Madison for me, which was pretty cool. And uh, a week and a half around that area was uh, was stellar, was stellar. Some good breweries right there on the Madison in uh, in uh, Ennis, cute little town. Yeah, Ennis so. was cool. I saw Ennis, that as Ennis, well. Ennis was cool. You know, I um. I didn't plan to hang around there very much. I fished uh, the upper end of the Madison 
um, Reynolds Pass area, which is just below um, Earthquake Lake. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I spent um, like three days in that area, um, just camping and fishing, obviously, and um, did pretty well. And I was going to head over to um, – uh, what the what the hell is that river called? West about two hours, uh, and I was passing Ennis, and I ended up stopping in Ennis and walking around. And lo and behold, I ended up staying on in Ennis for the next week and a half, and totally scrapping my my plans to to hit further out west in Montana towards the Idaho border there. Uh, but it was cool that you know I fished the whole I guess the upper Madison. I fished the bottom end of it there, right around Ennis. Um, Stayed in uh, Valley Campground area there, Valley Gardens, I guess it's called, uh, and just just beautiful area, just really unique, really unique stuff. Um, nice town, and it was, it was another hopper game. I mean, the smoke came in, and it was just gloomy and hot, and you know there was nothing going on except for casting hoppers around. And I think uh, I think I hoppered myself out. After the after fishing the Madison for sure. You done hoppered That's, yourself stupid. I done I done I done hoppered myself out for sure. Um but I got some good fish. You know, I had some fun. I had a day um a day up there that, you know, I just won't forget. I mean just it was it was one day without the, the smoke and it was the best fishing that I had on the river the whole time. Um and I had three great days of fishing there. Which led me to stay like basically another week, almost, and that week sucked. <laughs> that, that, most of most of that week sucked. I spent it uh, right around Ennis, and the fishing just completely staled out. Uh, it was it was okay, but you know that Madison River sucks to walk, and um, I didn't have anybody to float with, so I was just you know dragging the boat around. Uh, I floated one day on the Madison with a, a buddy of mine who works for Montana Angler, uh, Ryan Nixon, and uh, I'm actually headed to see him um, in Mexico here in another three weeks. Uh, so we're going to go down there and chase some permit. But, uh, yeah, he uh, he came over from Livingston and uh, met up with me, and we uh, we floated the Madison, which was on my bucket list uh, and really cool. Um, and so that was fun, but, uh, man, waiting that river sucks just nothing but quick water and boulders and uh i'm 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 lucky to have most of my body weight on my lower legs here and my thighs and calves so i kind of just locked them in running around but uh it uh is definitely a floating river <laughs> i i don't know if i'd go back for uh, a complete waiting session so. but it was, it was it was nice you know i i spent some time around ennis and then i actually had up uh and fished in between the lakes, which, um, you know, I did a, a half a day of touristy stuff up there. I don't know if you guys know anything about Earthquake Lake and Hebgen Lake over there. Uh, well, just when we visited, uh, yeah, we actually were, we got uh, through on our trip, we got there a little early. So we stopped mm-hmm. at Earthquake Lake and read the signs, you know what I mean? They have the, like the, the big signs there, you could read all about it and you could see how actually Kelly got the name from the slide in. You know what I yep. mean for the uh, yep. the earthquake had the you know then the big rock slide, and everything yep. and that was, yeah it was pretty cool it's it's cool stuff to see you know what I mean and just uh, my we, my wife even talked about even walking around there anytime you never know what kind of geyser what kind of you know because all the seismic activity uh, it's a pretty cool area to be in 
yeah, it was it was it was awesome. Um, just a really nice area. Uh, I'm I'm really into the history side of things, um, relative to like the natural history. So, you know, having that uh, that Quake Lake there, kind of history in the visitor center there, watching a video and reading all the signs and firsthand accounts of all the earthquake happening and just this. I think it's like the second largest slide in the, in the world coming down there uh, or so, second largest slide and in, in, uh, relative to something. Um, it's uh, it was some cool history. And uh, I fished in between <clears throat> in between the lakes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for three days. White fish. And what's that? White fish. Uh, no, just large uh, rainbows and browns. Really, really incredible. Uh, the hatches were just out of this world. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and it was just it, it, next to the snake, by far the, the next favorite session there. Um, just going into the, the neck of Earthquake Lake is just flat, basically just minimal current. And you've got all those dead standing trees in there yep. um, still from when it got flooded. And then you have a million rising trout. I mean, there was literally just a million and you just, you just didn't know where to start. I mean, you couldn't cast the one without casting over others. It was just crazy. And it's just quiet in there. Um, you're on the bottom of like, you know, these, these mountainsides. So, uh, I mean, it's, you can just hear these fish just dimpling everywhere. It was pretty crazy. Um, by far the craziest hatch I've ever encountered. Um, there were trichos going off and then uh, suedos going off right after, which is that trico olive mix. Uh, and it was just, it was just three days of just losing my mind. <laughs> it was just crazy. It was just crazy. And it was nice, you know, nice grassy area on the side for the dog to just lounge around. And I mean, I got some video of him sleeping and there's just like 10,000 sippers behind him going crazy and he doesn't even care. It's just, you know, it was it was the life. You know, crazy eagles all over. There's got to be. I don't I don't know the population of the eagles uh, in that little valley there, but uh, they're just screeching all day, and it's just echoing, uh, basically mountaintop to mountaintop. It was just really cool, and I would go back there at any moment. There's no doubt about it. Oh, I know. After we left, my wife. When are we gonna move here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when are we exactly. moving here? Yeah. Uh, Another yep. uh, cool little fact about that uh, the slide was how fast they said the wa- how fast the water filled in and created that lake. I mean, it was like within three weeks. I can't. Even, I I don't know the exact numbers, but it just swallowed whole cars, camps, campsites. Everything yeah. was just yep. gone immediately. Yep. And they, they, you know, they're talking about firsthand accounts of these um, giant waves of the entire lake just sloshing back and forth. You know, so there's a period of time where the waves are on the other bank, and then boom, they're coming back to the other side. I mean, the the whole the whole ridge there just shook back and forth. Just it was just crazy, crazy, crazy um, to hear. You know, hear firsthand accounts of people talking and things like that. So, um, what's interesting is I was at when I was on that Gravant River, the feeder to the Snake. Um, there was the a bigger slide. And so there was a little history, um, I guess you could call it uh, history station along this dirt road um, on the Gravant River way up. Uh, and I think they call it like Kelly Slide. 
um, and that was the largest um, pertaining to whatever it was, and that uh, earthquake lake slide was the second. So I saw two of the largest slides relative to whatever they were the largest to um, on the trip. And it was, I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. And, you know, you're just sitting there looking at the top of the mountain and the whole mountain is just slid down. I mean, it's just crazy to think, <laughs> you know, if you were there and saw it, what is, you know, it you know, obviously be life-changing, but uh, pretty cool history. It was, uh, like I said, I'm a big, big guy in the history there. Uh, and that was, that was cool. So, and the fishing topped it off between those lakes. Man, that's cool. Um, hey, you, you mentioned the dog with all the sippers behind you. Uh, how how's the dog do with fish? Does he does he dig them? Does he give a shit less? What he could care less. You know, <laughs> when I start when I fight one, he'll like come over and like be like, all right, well, you know, maybe I can name the species. Which one is this? <laughs> um, but no, you know, I like put him in his face and he'll like nose it and then like be like, okay, I'm gonna go lay back down. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> so uh, no, he couldn't. I mean, just I just can't believe I I couldn't have a better dog to just wander around the creeks with and he's been doing it since he was like five weeks old so you know it's it's nothing to him and you know we walked up on the madison one day we were uh walking a just a, a deer trail and i look up 30 yards and i just see this big rack uh this moose is laying um under a bush and all i can see is this rack and it actually turned its head and that's what caught my attention um of it of it there and we had to walk right next to it. Um, and, you know, he was a good sport about it. We walked up. This thing stands up. And it's like, it's like 15, 20 yards from us. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what is going to happen here? And uh, it ended up kind of running away uh, just a little bit and stopped and looked at us. And we just took our sweet time. And I'm looking at the dog. And he's looking at this moose. And, you know, if it was a deer, he'd probably chase it for, like, a hundred yards and then turn right back around and, and start walking again. But he wasn't, he wasn't going after this moose. That's for sure. It was intimidating to him too. Probably. It was definitely intimidating. And he saw a couple big elk in Yellowstone and there was that other moose he saw, um, on the snake. But this, we were, we were up close and personal with this, this moose. And it was a juvenile, which I, I guess I'm kind of even a little bit more worried about, but, uh, yeah, it was, that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, basically walking right up on it. So uh, then Madison was born, and uh, he, you know, he could care less. He was he was a good sport, and uh, you know, I got I got pretty lucky. He kept all his fingers, his fingers, paws, toes, ears, everything. No snakes, no porcupines, no skunks, no moose, no bear. So did, did you end up seeing any bears? Uh, we saw. We saw one off, actually five bears, um, but it was a mother and four cubs. So they're the famous cubs of the Tetons. It's like cub three nine nine or our mom three nine nine and her four cubs. Um, and uh, we saw we got into the Tetons and we saw everyone pulled over to the side of the road and we're like, what's going on? And so we pull over and uh, you know we're looking in this uh, little side eddy of the Snake River and there's this like beaver that's the size of you know, just, just gotta be a hundred pounds. <laughs> just like looking at this thing, like, what the hell is that swimming? Is that a bear swimming? And next thing I know, now they're like, that's a beaver. I'm like, is that what everyone's pulled over for right now? This giant beaver, is it a mutation or something? And, um, you know, look, a, look a couple hundred yards back and lo and behold, there's a, a mother grizzly 
uh, feed, which was was pretty cool. And then she disappeared. And everyone on the road is basically just kind of hanging out because they know she's going to cross. They, they, like, have their travel periods down. Um, You know, they've got uh, park staff there that are coordinating on on walkie-talkies of, like, they're shutting down sections of the road where she's about to cross. It was it was really unique and interesting, um, but we ended up hanging out and waiting for her to pop back out um, along the road, which we were hoping she would do. Um, and she ended up doing it. We waited about an hour, and uh, Steph, my girlfriend, pulls a chair out of the trailer and pops it on the side of the road. And I'm surprised she didn't crack a beer. But uh, <laughs> we're sit- we're sitting there on the side of a major highway, well, granted with other people. Uh, waiting for this grizzly to cross, and um, she did. She crossed with her four cubs, and uh, it was it was crazy. I mean, I've never seen grizzlies, so you know that was very cool. And uh, it was totally at random, you know, just driving down the road. People pulled over. We decided to stop, and it was our free day in between um, Yellowstone and the Tetons, so we had some time, and uh, it was cool. It was cool. So. Um, other than that, just a very fresh print on um, that uh, that creek uh, around the Henry's Fork there. That small cutthroat creek. Very fresh. Yeah, uh, enough to make print. you nervous. Very nervous. I mean, just, you know, if you were walking up to this creek, um, it's just flat prairie land in the Centennial Mountains. Um, and next thing you know, when you get you know, 50 feet from it or so, it just drops. It just drops straight down to the creek channel. So you would never even know this creek is there um, unless you walked up on it. And the whole bottom of the creek is just alder laden. So you wouldn't be able to see a bear if it was 10 feet from you. Uh, so it was it was a little sketchy, and we saw one fresh uh, grizz print. Uh, but we didn't see anything there, thankfully. So, you know, I maybe underlyingly wanted to see one, but I'm glad we didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't blame you one bit. So, yeah, after the Madison, I uh, headed on over to uh, Bozeman and kind of bopped around, did a little touristy stuff, um, and prepped uh, prepped for the trip home. A buddy of mine was flying into Bozeman from uh, Colorado. He was doing some elk hunting in Colorado and decided to just, instead of flying home, fly right to Bozeman, meet me, and drive back home with me. So I fished a couple small things, the East Gallatin um, in Bozeman. Um, a buddy of mine uh, from Pennsylvania moved out there, and I ended up floating the Yellowstone with him. And uh, we had a pretty good day. We boated two fish, probably about 22 uh, browns. And, um, you know, so I got uh, I got the Gallatin River system off. I've got, I got the Yellowstone off. Um, so I was just trying to mark off creeks and rivers at that point. Um and, you know, I, I liked Bozeman in general, uh, but, uh, you know, I really liked the location of being around Jackson and in Idaho area. Um, you know, just a little too populated around Bozeman. Uh, a lot of people hanging out there. And everyone I talked to said the population boom there in the last five years has just been been incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, And everything was new. Every Every corner there was a new gas station going up or – uh, new grocery store or, you know, new whatever, new plaza. I just, it was – I've never seen so much new development ever. So, you know, yeah. it's – It's a booming are, town. 
it's a boom in town. People are moving out there between there and Missoula, I guess. Uh, is where uh, the population of Montana is just going sky high. So not, I, I liked it, but it's again not really up my alley. Um, a little bit too crazy for me there. So. Yeah, we flew in and out of Bozeman, and yeah, I, I could agree with that. I mean, it's still the beautiful scenery is still there. Yeah, uh, it was the nice. mountains we, are all we there, had a lot but... of, we we had a lot of smoke, which was unfortunate for a little bit there. Um, so you know, I did, I wasn't able to like truly see like Paradise Valley and Livingston there. Um, but uh, yeah, Bozeman. It, you know, it wasn't it wasn't bad. I would go back to Bozeman, and then you know, just having some connections there and. Uh, I really like that Yellowstone scene. I would like to get back onto that probably in the spring, um, one of these years. So that's that's on the list. But uh, yeah, we didn't hang around there too much. We were gonna stop at uh, was it Fort Smith on? Um, oh gosh, that uh, that major trout factory out there. Uh, the name will come to me. But it's about three hours outside of Bozeman on the way back, uh, back east. And it is just a large trout factory, and the name is is passing through me right now. <laughs> Grasp and straws, um, right? <laughs> man, just there's too many too many rivers out there. You know, you just mm-hmm. lose, lose track of them all. But it's it's world famous. Um, just just enormous fish. Um, that Fort Smith section is just below a dam, so it's just the the bug life is just incredible. Um, but we were also going to stop on the Missouri and it was getting into the end of September. And from what I could gather, both the Missouri, um, and that Fort, uh, Fort Smith, uh, section of, uh, the river that I can't think of still, mm-hmm. uh, we're just, we just too weeded. So, you know, at that point after getting to Bozeman, I was kind of just trouted out and, you know, I wanted to stop in Wisconsin and see uh, a buddy of mine anyways. And I figured we'd just elongate the trip. Um, instead of staying in, in uh, trout country, we just, you know, haul ass overnight and get right to, uh, right to Wisconsin, which I'm very glad we did. So when you went on this trip, how many rods did you take? Oh God. <laughs> I mean, for, for trout, for nymphing, for streamers, all then, of them, then yeah, musky I... and, and having friends come in and, you know, it's... I had a lot and, um, you know, we broke, uh, I know I broke a couple rods, um, and we actually had our buddy Andrew from Orvis send us, uh, send us a couple rods out there, uh, when we were on the Henry's fork, just to make sure we had enough trout rods just in case, uh, one more blew out. <laughs> uh, thankfully, you know, that, uh, they got there, you know, in like two days. So, uh, that was nice, but, uh, I probably had like 13 rods on me by myself, I think. Um, and then I took, uh, my buddy had a, my buddy flew in, Mike flew in with uh, a rod case as well. I'm guessing he had another five or six. Um, but, uh, yeah, I came, <laughs> I came with basically everything I had, um, you know, two weight euros, uh, three weight, um, dry fly line, uh, rods, which was a lot of times, a lot of what was I was fishing, um, unless we were on a big river, uh, was, uh, that seven six echo e3 i uh i picked up a year ago just a beautiful um three weight rod and just handles handles some large hoppers nicely so a lot of that uh, kind of backcountry stuff i was doing was using that three weight and it was it was perfect uh but i think i brought like four fives a couple sixes two eights um 
two tens, a twelve. So there was there's a lot of rods and a lot of reels. So low line definitely. options too, it sounds like. Yeah, yep, definitely had a lot of options, which was nice. And uh, you know, we rotated it through and you know, I and I fish everything. I'm not really picky. I, I just want something that's gonna cast decent and uh, you know, some my buddy Mike uh came out with all his H threes. So um those aren't allowed in in the boat. So if you guys have any H threes, they're not allowed in the skiff in case we <laughs> fish. because uh, they just get broken every time they enter. Yeah. And uh so it's it's now an H three free skiff. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, you know, he brought those out I, and fished a lot of recon, a lot of orbis rods, that echo rod was killer. Uh, but, uh, we had a nice mix, you know, we were fishing, um, St. Croix this when we got out to Wisconsin, my buddy's a big fan of St. Croix. Um, so, you know, I, 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 we fished everything. Um, you know, when I was fishing with, uh, uh, my buddy Ryan out there and, uh, on the Madison, when we floated, I think he was fishing like a G Lewis. Um, you know, he had a couple of brand new Ross reels he picked up. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was nice to just kind of get a, a piece of everything. You know, I visited as many shops as I could out there, too, to kind of get an idea of uh, the West Coast style of how they do things. Um, because the shop that I work for is very uh, – it has what I would say is a West Coast flavor to it, um, just a fusion. You know, we've got a lot of um, West Coast styles. Uh, we had Chaco after the big Chaco boom out there in Colorado and, and, uh, the Rockies there, we brought Chaco in Chaco footwear. Um, we've got Osprey bags. Um, we carry NRS stuff. It's just, uh, you know, we, we, the, the, the John, the shop owner, um, spent quite a long time out West. And so he brought back a lot of, uh, those same vibes, but, um, never truly had any fly fishing, um, industry um fly shop stuff you know that they do out there that you know i mean i've seen a ton of east coast stop uh shops but it was nice to kind of do a tour out there and and uh see a bunch of different 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 ways people do things different ways guides do things uh, i mean i asked a lot of questions on uh you know how uh how the seasons go how they are this or that you know that sort of thing so you know it's you never know what's going to happen in the world so i wanted to make sure i, I soaked up as much info from all of them as i could yeah, man. It's like homework. It's like homework. Yep. So, you know, that was a, a nice aspect to it. And, you know, just to kind of get a feel of how, how they do things out there. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, really initiate uh, things here in Western New York. But, um, you know, depends where the seasons take us. And, you know, I know a lot of people that do uh, their guiding seasons in different parts of the world, all dependent on the time. So, you know, getting an idea of that out there and you never know. Yeah, man. So when you went to Wisconsin, did you continue to uh, chase trout? No trout. It was a strictly uh, predator session. Um, and I have been talking um, to a, uh, a guy uh, I met on Instagram actually a couple of years ago, um, which, you know, it's it's nice when you can connect with people uh, through social media. He's been to the same spots in Chile that I was in. He was over in Argentina fishing stuff right next to where I was fishing. Uh, he goes down uh, uh, Quintana Roo in Mexico there and fishes Ishkalak and Mahual and the same stuff uh, that I did. So, 
you know, I'd be down there putting up videos and he'd be like, Oh dude, I was just there. We got to connect. And, uh, you know, he was out in Bozeman actually, when I was out in Bozeman, we just weren't able to connect out there. Um, so, you know, he went back home to Wisconsin and, you know, I finally decided to stop and meet him and, uh, a great guy, Weston theory. He, he runs, um, Fontanella's fly fishing out there. Uh, and he does it all from, uh, mainly musky and, and predator stuff uh to uh some trout and, and lake run they got a fan- fantastic lake too uh but it was it was all musky and um you know my buddy had some really good water that uh we we floated and uh <laughs> did did decent i mean we put the boat in some small small stuff and um you know that's probably why it, it got beat up so much because i was just grinding it over rocks the whole time but uh I love fishing that small water for muskie. We've got a couple spots around me that, um, you know, I can do that. It's basically walking weed water, but, uh, you know, that tannic rocky kind of, uh, boreal style that they have there in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, was super cool. I mean, you hit a riffle and then you hit a giant pool that you just dredge the hell out of. You work the edges, you know, a lot of times it's not even too deep. It's just, you're hitting, you're hitting an open pool and there, you know, there's a fish there. So, I, uh, I really, really, really liked Wisconsin. I mean, I'm a predator guy, um, at heart and a big musky guy. And I could foresee myself getting back there, uh, you know, to fish big time. So uh, sooner rather than later, right? For sure. And, you know, it was nice to kind of get out West and, and do that trout scene and, and, uh, that whole thing. But, um, you know, I would have even taken more time off of the trout scene to get out to Wisconsin earlier. Uh, if I knew what it was going to be like, um, I really, really like it out there. Just kind of my style, uh, my vibe real laid back, uh, and a lot of water. I mean, everywhere you look out there is, is fishable water. So, uh, it was nice. And we floated, floated, uh, the Chippewa flowage. Uh, we floated some of the flambeau, um, we did uh, a little bit of lake action, so we were all over the board. We spent about five days there, and uh, you know, we even did a ri- overnight river session. Um, and I've never experienced, um, I guess you could say, September mosquitoes in my life like I have in Wisconsin. It was just <laughs> incredible. It was incredible. So that was very surprising. Um, just hot and humid when we got back. Uh, right in, as soon as we got into Wisconsin, just immediate hot, humid and wet. Uh, and the mosquitoes, I didn't know mosquitoes could live in September. So I was just kind of, you know, it was, it was surprising. My buddy couldn't even believe it either, but, uh, you know, we showed him all the bites, which he didn't have to look fire. They were all over our face. So, um, <laughs> came back looking like he had chicken pox. It was, it was just incredible. It was incredible. I thought I was in a, in a, in a lagoon in the mangroves in Mexico with how many mosquitoes there were. It was just, it was just crazy. So, um, but, uh, yeah, that, uh, that overnight session was cool. I guess there's a lot of options for that around there. And we ended up, uh, getting, um, you know, five days fished hard, classic stingy prick musky. Uh, we landed two. Um, one was like a 38, and it ate in uh, a trout riffle. I mean, it couldn't have been a pocket bigger than five by five, five feet by five feet, and maybe a, two feet deep um, in the middle of a riffle. And my my buddy Weston just tossed a fly in there, and 
next thing I know, he's he's like, yeah, I caught one out of this little pocket before, and boom, makes a cast. Next thing I know, fish on, and I didn't have to pull anchor because we're on rocks, so uh, I just I just got out of the boat. <laughs> we couldn't even follow it downstream because we were stuck on rocks, and I'm like, oh my god. So uh, that was cool right off the bat. And, uh, Ten minutes later, I stick a nice natural tiger, which is cool. That's my first natural tiger. Um, I haven't hit any around here in Western New York, so uh, that was cool. And then, uh, you know, we just uh, casted uh, ten weights for the next four days. So, <laughs> you used up all your luck in the first. It was just incredible, man. The fishing was – it was, should have been just epic. We had some rainy days. We just had picturesque uh, musky weather, just great flows, and uh, – Nothing. We got a couple smallmouth. We got some nice walleye, uh, but you know the musky scene was really slow. And the day we left, um, basically their temperatures flipped, uh, flipped the switch. So we really just missed, I think, the optimal getting into October. You know, bite windows. Um, but like I said, I'll be back. So, but I, I, I liked Wisconsin. Wisconsin was great. Have you guys been there at all? No, not no. Wisconsin. Damn. Been to, been to Canada, but never Wisconsin. Yeah. Yep. So real similar. Um, you know, I, I, it really kind of reflected, uh, when we, when we go and do our musky trips up there in Canada, um, just kind of same, uh, geography and, and boreal forest style, you know, granite outcrops all over tannic water. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of pines and whatnot. So, um, I just, you know, I like that. It's just, uh, I'm a big fan of that stuff. So, um, that was fun. And, you know, I, I could have just, I could have spent another month there. It was just, it was good. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. So, so did the dog give any more shits about muskie than he did trout? No, you know, he, uh, he about the same. He, he's, he gets a little stink on his nose and then kind of just backs off and, <laughs> We'll just sit in the boat and wait for us to get back in it. <laughs> that's that's about it. You know, he, uh, again, just comes up, investigates what we've got on, really. Um, and that's it. Uh, it's, it. It's pretty good. I'm glad he doesn't try to attack it or chase it or bark at him or anything stupid. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd rather him be kind of careless like he is than be more intrigued. For I, sure. I didn't know if the big green fish would intrigue him a little more than the, the little yeah, you guys. Know, he, <laughs> He, um, we got a couple pictures of him nosing one, but, uh, you know, for the most part, he really doesn't, I don't think he wants anything to do with it, which is fine, <laughs> which is, that's okay. Absolutely, man. I don't want that thing to snap on its nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as he enjoys I, his I time pull, outside, right? I had to pull quills out of it, porcupine quills out of his nose before, mm-hmm. so a couple musky teeth, I'm sure he wouldn't have enjoyed. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how do you go about pulling porcupine quills out? For anyone who doesn't know. You know, they were in the soft tissue of his snout, so I got lucky. I just grabbed a pair of pliers and pulled them out. <laughs> and I actually let him out in the middle of the night at like 1 o'clock in the morning. I just, I'm, I, again, I'm lucky with him, very blessed that I can just let him out and he can, he'll go wander around. And he, he, I heard him knock and scratching at the door. I let him in in the middle of the night. And there, you know, that was like 3, 4 o'clock I let him back in. And it wasn't until I woke up in the morning, woke up next morning that, he jumped on the bed and I'm like, dude, you have porcupine quills all in your nose. Like you weren't whining. You weren't doing nothing all night. So, I'm just like, you've just been laying here on the floor, probably looking at me with these things in your nose. Cause I'm sleeping. <laughs> Dad, make it stop. <laughs> dude. So, you know, dude, you're going to wake up. Definitely, definitely got lucky that it was in a soft tissue there. And 
uh, I think like four or five of them. Uh, I think he learned his lesson. I don't know. I guess time will tell, but um, I grabbed a pair of pliers and pulled those right back, right out. So a little, little blood, nothing bad. He definitely got lucky. Yeah, man. Australian shepherds can be curious. He did definitely. Yep. And you know, uh, he'll, like I said, he'll, he likes chasing deer for like a hundred yards. He'll bark at him, and then he's right back next to me. So kind of lucky on that scene. He doesn't chase anything. You know, he's kind of been around the block outside enough to kind of, you know, realize that he's not going to catch anything. <laughs> so, and he's put he's definitely put on COVID weight. So, <laughs> like his, like haven't we all? Yep, exactly. So he's not he's not chasing anything anymore. That's for sure. Does he like the skiff better than the raft? I think so, and I just finally put some rubber mats on the bottom. Um, so uh, basically, my last two, two, yeah, two floats, um, I've had those uh, bar mats on there, and he is just—it's uh, just night and day. He I, he was getting really tired of standing in water uh, in the skiff, so you know I I bail it a hundred times, but you never get all the water out. Nah. And uh, you know, every time you get in on the boat on your waders, you know your your water's just leaking out. So I got those raised bar mats and uh, a little piece of uh, thin plywood to go around the top of them. And, you know, he gets a blanket on our floats now and he's doing more sleeping than, uh, than basically awake time now, which is fine. He's curled up on the floor, you know, dry, which is nice to see, uh, especially getting into winter now. So, yeah, I remember the, the one float I did with you, you still had the raft and he was up on the tubes and up around and he got around that yep. raft way better than I did. Yep. 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 So, uh, you know, he stayed a lot drier on the raft than he did on the skiff just because it's did it, you know, didn't pull up as much water on the raft. Um, but, uh, he likes, uh, he likes the hard boat. So especially, like I said, with those rubber mats, it's like night and day now. I, best, best purchase so far for that thing. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I, I always get worried toward the end of my, or our floats like yesterday I had shit probably 50 gallons of water in the bottom of the boat yeah <laughs> but i, I have yep. a false floor so you don't see it but you hear it and it sloshes underneath you yep so it makes it heavy it makes it heavy and wobbly oh yeah a lot in there. yeah there's a there's a couple times that uh you know when i was out west there um encountered some rain and I mean, shit i just had, <laughs> had a lot of water in the boat and those bar mats would have come in handy yeah i just bought a kayak pump it, it works like a dream to get it out yeah, I've got a I've got a bilge pump too, but you know, thanks, Mike. You didn't give me a hose. <laughs> <laughs> so I still haven't bought one. It works a little bit, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I got to pick up a new hose for that thing, and um, it'll definitely help. I've been using Tim Hortons cups. <laughs> God bless Timmy hose. You know, they're 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 a solid uh, a solid cup for keeping for a day or two. So. Hey, Nick, we've had you online for like an hour and a half. Uh, where can people go to to book a trip with you if they feel so inclined? And where are you based out of? I know we, we yeah. mentioned Buffalo a couple times, but that's not really where you're based out of, right? Yeah, so um, I'm based out of Ellicottville. It's about 40 minutes south of Buffalo. Uh, and uh, I'm a New York State and a PA registered guide. So anywhere in northwest PA, I do a little bit of the steelhead trips. Um, up just north of Erie, getting into the New York PA line there. 
um, but mainly um, PA trout rivers and musky water. Uh, the Alleghenies watershed, the Clarion watershed. Um, I do a lot of small stream national forest stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, between that Northwest PA area, um, in Western New York here, I mean, it's just, uh, incredible fishery, uh, and what we were talking about before, just, you know, people coming into the shop and getting a chat and they don't understand kind of the species, uh, that we can catch and what we're catching or what we're targeting. You know, I'm telling them I'm, I just got back from carp fishing and they're like, what you're, you're fishing for carp. So, you know, I go into all of that, but, uh, yeah, right here in Ellicottville, 40 minutes, uh, south of Buffalo, we've got Holiday Valley and Holly Bonsky Resorts here. Um, so we're a real, uh, tourist town. Uh, I think we've got like 500 or less, uh, permanent residents. Um, so we're really based off tourism. Um, we've got a lot of mountain biking trails, but the fishing in the last couple of years has really taken precedence. Um, we're getting a lot more people in the store that are kind of interested in a way. Um, and that's how right now they can connect with me. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, direct to me or, or contacting adventure bound on the fly or coming through the shop, um, or they're coming into adventure bound and getting a coffee at, uh, Elkville coffee company in there. Uh, you know, it's just kind of spreading the word that way and showing some pictures and, you know, it's, it helps that. I have so much water around us um, and you know, if someone doesn't want to target trout and they want to do something different. We have an option for it. Um, I've been spending basically a lot of time on the Allegheny um, above uh, Kinsey Reservoir since I've been back. Um, and that's just been an outstanding smallmouth pike and walleye fishery. Um, I mean, I've caught more walleye out of there this fall than I've ever really tried to catch. Um, and I'm really starting to kind of pinpoint some of that stuff, uh, which is cool. Um, and then doing a lot of personal fishing on the uh, Allegheny Reservation right here above uh, Kinsey Reservoir. Um, obviously, we've got the Cataraugus Reservation on Cataraugus Creek there. Uh, gets the great steelheads run. So, you know, between the lake run fishing, uh, that warm water stuff, the musky pike, smallmouth stuff. A uh, little carp action, you know, skiff, uh, that skiff is perfect for carping. Um, just really minimal water, um, minimal water kind of uh, issues. You know, it doesn't doesn't push any wakes around if you're smooth on it. You can stand on the front um, almost like you're on a platform. Uh, so I did a lot of that on the Allegheny this year. Um, and then we've got fantastic inland trout fishing. So, you know, it's, it's a variety that I think can grab a lot of people's attention if they wanted to go down to the lower Niagara and, and fish a couple miles below Niagara Falls or Steelhead or Lakers come in uh, or Browns, you know, that's always there. And it's just, uh, it's really nice to be able to, you know, I, 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 if I wanted to, I could say that we could go out and hit 15 species on the fly um, during the right time of year. Uh, but you know, you're in a good area too, where you know really all about that stuff as well. We're just this whole Northeast Great Lakes area is really unique on its diversity, um, and I think that grabs people's attention when they when they show up and people walking through the shop just don't realize it. And you know, they see a couple fly fishing things that we have there. We got a full load of flies. We've got you know lines, leaders, uh, tippets, uh, a lot of tools, but a lot of special order rods, reels, waders. Uh, so I don't really notice how 
big of uh, an impact fly fishing is around there until they start talking to us. So, um, you know, it's that the Ellicottville area is just kind of a bullseye. It's like the epicenter for just phenomenal fishing. You draw an hour circle around it and you, uh, you have number one options. Uh, you have diversity uh, and you always have something to fish. I mean, people come in, they're like, you know, one, one's fishing season. And I'm like, well, it's February and it's, you know, 28 degrees outside, but we're still fishing right and, now, you know? <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, whether you're steelhead fishing or, I'm popping down, you know, half hour in a PA to do some musky fishing. It's, you know, when you just enjoy fishing and being out there and catching different things, you just can't beat, you can't beat where we're at here. It's, uh, it's just incredible. And being in the tourist town, you get a nice scene of different people. Um, You know, they do 30, they say uh, before COVID it was 30% uh, Ohio, Cleveland, technically, uh, 30% Pittsburgh, 30% Toronto, and then 10% of just kind of uh, a mixture of, of surrounding areas and in between. Um, so you get people that, you know, come from Ohio and uh, don't really have a lot of trout action or they, you know, are part of a, um, a club where they stock trout in some creeks and they've had some fun there. And uh, they've heard about steelhead in, in some of those rivers or this or that. And, uh, so to really be able to kind of pinpoint them and get them on fish for a bunch of different species, it's, it's nice. It's, it's enjoyable. And it's, um, it's definitely a place I'm looking forward to expanding, uh, the guide service and, uh, hopefully be here for a long time. Yeah, man. Absolutely. You live in freaking fly fishing Mecca. It's, it's nice. I'm very lucky. And a lot of people, I think the best part about it is how low key it is. I mean, you know, one of the craziest things is Orvis is our biggest fly shop in like the whole area. We have no fly shops um, except for uh, Adventure Bound. We've got, uh, you know, basically one of the, the biggest selections of the area. But, you know, there's there's not a, a true fly fishing uh, shop um, that you see everywhere else in the country. Uh, so there's, there's some niche to be fill, filled. That's one of them. Um, a little bit more awareness uh, will never hurt in a lot of ways. Um, we've seen a lot of angling pressure all over this year, um, whether it was here or when I was out west or this spring. Um, so, you know, people are getting outside and and they can fish everything the way they want to fish it or you can make them aware of how to fish it, when to fish it, um, and kind of, you know, make it smart fishing. Um, and you know, that's what I'm here for. That's what the shop's there for, uh, to kind of get in, educate people, show people around, um, different ways of fishing, different styles of fishing. So it's, it's definitely a Mecca. Um, and you know, like I said, beginning, I'm blessed, definitely blessed to be here, be able to do what I love. Um, I've given up a lot, that's for sure. Um, and you know, I'm sure, you know, when guys don't make a lot of money, <laughs> so, uh, it comes, it comes and goes. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to be happy. At least you're slanging coffee on the side now too. Exactly. You know, uh, they call me Nikki bean grinder. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I tell you what, I make a mean latte. I make a mean latte. So next time, next time you guys are in Ellicottville, I got you, I got you, I got you set up. No big deal at all. I'm in man. I used to work at a coffee shop back in the day. I, I know all oh. the, as long as the trout come with the coffee, we're, we're all in. Yep. Perfect. Exactly. That's that's how that's how it goes. That's how I get get my clients in there. 
I say you buy a coffee, you get a trout. Nikki theme grinder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, everyone asks me, so what are you doing today? I'm like, I'm grinding beans. Sorry, can't fish. Grinding beans. Yeah. But it's not it's not bad, you know. It's it's something like I said. I work for somebody that you know I do have a lot of respect for, and uh, you know it gives me the opportunity to travel. And um, you know I went down to Chile with uh, with my boss. We've been down to Mexico a couple times, Florida, Virginia. Uh, he's down in Peru right now and and setting some stuff up down there. And you know we're actually pushing to set some stuff up in Mexico as well. So you Sounds know. There, Sounds like a real a asshole. Of, yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, bru- it's terrible, terrible. Oh, I got it awful. rough. Yeah, got it rough. So, and then you know, uh, people are loving coffee more than ever. Um, all these, you know, the basic white chicks coming in and getting their caramel macchiatos <laughs> and uh, you know their their frappuccinis and and whatnot. Uh, you know, so the the tip the tips you popping me the face. Stuff's over here popping me the finger because I'm talking about basic white chicks. She thinks it includes her. <laughs> I, I like caramel macchiatos. <laughs> hey, yoga pants, a scarf, and a caramel macchiato. You goddamn right. So, and the the tip scene in coffee is, is good too. So I'm not complaining about that. Oh Jesus, man, <laughs> that's awesome. So, so, yeah, you know, life could be a lot worse, and that's you know. The way to look at it, I think it. We, I think we all live a relatively uh, a good life to be able to do what we do, and you know, everyone's got to work to make money somehow. Uh, and I guess, uh, you know, I'm lucky to be in the field that I enjoy to work and have as my hobby. Yep, exactly, man. Amen, brother. Can't get any better than that. It can't. It, you know, it, I mean, it can't, it can't, I'm sure I could think of ways it could, but it can't. It can't for the most part. So, man. Hey, Nick. Thank you so much for your time this evening. It's been great having you on. Yeah, I uh, appreciate the invite again, and it was good to uh, catch up there and uh, and chat. And you know, it's I always enjoy telling the uh, telling the story. And I mean, it's it's a pretty serious one for me, and uh, definitely a unique trip. Um, and I'm hoping there's there's a bunch more. I mean, I never thought I was going to throw almost eight thousand miles on the truck uh, in the trailer, and uh, let, I, I better change those bearings. That's all I know. <laughs> So, I put this song on for my son today. I was trying to teach him how to throw a yo-yo. And he wasn't gathering how to throw a yo-yo. But he's like, Dad, I like this song. (laughs) I like it a lot. So do I, buddy. So do I. He said, your mom and I saw these guys in concert before you were even alive. What? Yeah, man. The old blue oyster calls? Yeah. Where'd you see them at? At a rib burn-off in Niles. Oh, there you go. Awesome. telling you, man. That was awesome. Uh, they, what's the... Uh, Don't Fear the Reaper? They yeah. They got a few. They got a few good Burning ones. Burning for you? Yeah. There was a few good ones over uh, there. Any Money played over there? Yeah, I saw uh, Sponge there. 
Sponge. R.I.P. Yeah, Eddie Money. There's a few good ones. So uh, we got a couple trips that we gotta cover up, and then uh, we're gonna get our. Yeah, you know what Jace is good at when you take him on this when you put him on a small creek. What's he good at today? Catching trees. (laughs) Trees, man. (laughs) Trees, like. I'm like Jace. All right, all you have to do is go down there and just everything has to be really slow, and like you don't like you're not. Like there are very few situations there where you can actually backcast. I twenty feet backcast. He was trying. And I'm like, what are you doing? You put your line on the water and all you do is maintain line on the water and use that water tension and pick your line up and then make work, a D loop. And then boom, just smap it back out and just aim right where you're gonna go. I'm a I'm a high uh roll caster. And uh, by high you mean Yeah, all of it. All around like the the tip is way up there, I'm way up there. I, I was, like, trying to duck down and get the right angle. It is, I mean, turning to cast like that, turning your feet. You know what I mean? Get squared up. I, I'm not, I, I can roll cast, but you're, it's like. It's called angling. Nah, not always. I mean, I got I to gotta be able to cast around these freaking trees, so ultimately I'm going to be not standing how I would actually fish the hole. So so coming from the back, I'm like, all right, let me, let me work it over there. I made some good casts that. In in actual you know hot spots that we thought fish were, they just rolled through and like nothing happened. And I'm like, was that a bite? My first time I hit the bottom, you know what I mean? It actually moved the indicator a moment. I'm like, that wasn't a bite. So we got to a spot that there were fish, and Jason, he's like, boom, pulls one out immediately. I'm get me the pole. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, we missed pole. no, we missed three before that in another spot. I was like. All right, Jace, there are fish in here. There are a bunch of fish in here. I know there are fish. I've seen these fish. I, every time we go, there's I could we can go and spot. stand over top of the <clears throat> hole, and I'll show you like five of them, and then one of them is really red. <laughs> so I hooked the really fucking red one. <laughs> Actually, did you hook a couple no, in that spot I first? Did. No, no, you hooked the first fish, yeah. and we the the thing and was I lost them. They, the fish were in plain view to us, but we could not see them. That you won't see those fish. You know what I mean? Even when they ate, you didn't see them down there shaking or anything like that. You you could see the whole bottom, but you did not see these fish. So mm-hmm. until they got a little onto us, they were out there feeding. And we were catching these fish like the very back of the hole. I'm talking where the you know, it's about to be into the next like hole. Like where it starts know? to be. Yep, where the water's collapsing into the next hole. And they, they were all the way back there. That's where they wanted to be, the, the lightest flow of the whole spot, actually. You know, the hole was there, but they weren't in it. So Yeah, they let, weren't in the like any of the current. Fast, yeah. Let, no. Letting it come all the way back, and these fish were right. We end up, I don't know how we end up catching them, because we got super close before we really... You know, before you realized what was going on. Well, before we, yeah. Well, be- when I caught the one brookie, I even told you, I said, I can see like six or seven fish right here, Jace. And he's like, all right, well, just don't cast fast then. Or just don't, <laughs> don't, don't get all worked up. And I'm don't like, go that I was far. like, I just yeah. cast it and it just sat. It sat in dead water almost. And it just very slowly moved. I almost just fed line and moved it kind of toward me. Boom. There was a lot, little one. Then Jace it dropped me like pull. a bobber. The, ho- the hopper yeah, dropped hopper, like a bobber. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a bite. And, and there he is. <laughs> Pulled that small fish out. I just have to we lost a couple bigger fish. but And then he gets in there. And something comes up and smashes smashes the dry fly. And I'm well, like, no, I had the, our, the grasshopper. I, I missed two in the hole. You caught one. Yeah. I, I'm like, give me the pole. I put it in there. Little doot, doot, doot. I pull up, but I didn't, I didn't want to rip. You know, hard he was trying set. to rip their faces off at uh, first. 
I swear, if he would have hooked one of the ones that he missed, like, <laughs> and it earlier, shot like, it up and did a tree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd had to, like, look around for it. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been back and it would have been back flopping in the snow. We'd be like, oh, that raccoon food. No. <laughs> to cut in real quick, I don't know if I ever told this story. There's two of them, dude. I wanted to do that bad. Yeah. Years ago, we went camping. There's this little tiny pond there, and I had a seven weight, and I'm thinking there's bass in it. Throw out first fish that hits. I set, and I'll say, wham! hell was that I look over is a bluegill came flying out of the water and hit the fishing sign right beside <laughs> me dead, first fish first hook set dead but back to your saying no, I, that's I, what would have happened I mean, right there with that fish I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now, back yeah. in the woods jason says you know just set the pole straight up there's shit there's all around man the thing right up in the air. like pull it to the side i did have these two fish and i'm you know they're starting to fight back and boom, they just come off. I'm like, what the fuck kind of hook you give me here, Jason? Sorry. Did you look at the the bend pinched off? Yeah. yeah. Didn't even have an it. Didn't even have a point. Bent straight there's down. No, no point. There's no barb. The bend was clipped off here. <laughs> no, there's no barb. <laughs> it was tiny though. So, but we did get in this hole. Jason caught like, a bunch of fish on that same fly. Jason's like, there's fish in this hole, and and sure as shit, he throws it in there. Boom, catches one. Right off the get go, and it attacked. You know, it it came out to get it as soon as, as soon as the fly got in the water. I hadn't been up, I hadn't walked up that far on that creek in a while. And that hole, you got, you have to see that one too, Mark. Sometime it's, I know Chad's been up that far a couple of times. But there's one if hole. You it's can, big. If you can not spook the fish, if there's any kind of water in there at all, it's much better. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I think it was I low think today. The, I think when you caught the fish in there, caught that trout. It turned the other trout off, and and that's why I You're only caught chubs. We're talking about the big one where the the high wall or like the undercuts beside it, the real big pool. This is up above. Small. Like, I because I, I kept your fish because after you left, Macy and I kept walking. We kept going way up, about halfway. Um, it'd be on. It'd be you'd be fishing like I'd be fishing the left side. And there's a big stone. No, in the it's middle. right. Okay. No, no, the that one's. I know that one. This is a little even for if you didn't like damn near it's like it's like a one bend from the posted sign. So anyway, Jason took me to a creek that in some spots was one foot wide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it trickled under and through rocks. So eh, it doesn't appeal appeal to me and but then There's once a technique to it. Well, you once don't I have, you, Well, once I very... got to looking at the water like this fisher they're hard to see. You got to be eagle. You got to come in slow. Now if you got all Snow on the ground? For the big, no- yeah, all a bunch. Good. There's that's where the big nose comes them, in. That's feel- what makes it up there. <laughs> Dude, I, I look at them like I'm an eagle over my big ass nose, like my beak, like I am an eagle. They feel that <laughs> gives you the eagle's eye view. <laughs> they, they feel everything you come up through there. Jason kind of stumbled on this log. This was us fishing back. We already knew where the fish were and shit, and and we fished this whole good. Oh, I knew the fish were well, right before that. Well, listen, yeah. we we fished the whole good on the way back, and he kind of stumbled on this this log, and I was watching these chubs in the back of the hole. And they just shot everywhere as soon as he like hard thumped the ground. Mm-hmm. It spooked the shit out of them. They ran everywhere. They but just before that, we seen like a, I seen like a seven incher from where I cast. He was sitting in the lane. Jason said, "Cast right there, soft side, you know, of the current." This fish was sitting there, and I didn't. We didn't see him the first time, so he had already must have moved to cover and moved back out to where he liked to be within you know an hour, less than an hour. And when we came back, he seen us quick and slurched back under that shore. He was gone that fast, but it was a good. It was bigger than the fish he caught. It was a six seven, you know. Look, oh, they're in there. That limestone green color. Yeah, he was. He would have not. He would have stuck out, but not stuck out to the in the right 
it's the right spot. You know, you can't see those fish, dude. They're camo. no for as pretty and beautiful and bright as they are. Can't see them for nothing. As much as mm. we pass through them, and we have for the last couple of years, I think they're starting to be more intelligent than they were before. Hold on, best part of the story, I caught a topwater fish. You did oh, in yeah. January. <laughs> hey, and it was big, dude. It was big. Beat, you gotta, you gotta look at Jason's that. phone. Oh no, yeah, there's a, there's a. He didn't this send thing me the ate, pictures yet. He ate eight. Oh, I probably did, but either my phone's messed up or everybody else's phone's messed up. And I'll blame you guys. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy's like, I didn't get that pick. I'm like, well, fuck it then. It's not a good one. No, no. it's a nice pick. Oh no, that was cool. Maybe we're, yeah, I would say God's country, but I right at the was, foothills of it. I thought it was a. Uh, I thought that one that hit was like a big oh. rookie dude because it was a big fish. Like and I'm like, long. oh my god! It's but a big listen, job. typical, ti- <laughs> like a ten inch, uh, typical yeah, top water fish. What is what do they do when they miss it? Hit it the next cast. Yep. I was like, because at first I'm like kind of stunned, like what the? <laughs> it's a top water. What just going, happened? What's going on here? And and uh, you know you give it that second, so I didn't want to like rip it. Uh, I kind of give it the side little flick, and I didn't. I just pulled it out of his mouth. I was like, what the hell? Threw it back, and I thought it was a bad cast. It was like on the limbs in this hole on the tree, and he just come up and smashed it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> gave him another, you know, gave him that second to swim down and jammed him. I was like, if this is a trout, it's big. But you could tell. Didn't have no colors. It was bait. Yes, the pink, the pink face. Been a while since I caught some bait. Big, big bait. No, it was cool. It was, uh, the spots that the fish were were... I, if you I didn't, actually, if you didn't believe they were there, you wouldn't even have fished. On the way back spots, down, you know? I I lost a I lost a good yeah, brookie Jason, on the way back Jason down. Jason went in the same hole that that I caught that fish in, where it. he caught the brookie. Yeah, it was a hideout. It was a good little, like a big rock with a one tree over it. It it was all it had the spots for them to hide. Other spots weren't so appealing. Like even if they were better holes, even the holes wise, if they didn't have the spots to hide, we were in some of the best holes i've seen today were three foot deep they just didn't have them cuts they mm-hmm. didn't there was no fish in them like, they didn't Whoa. have a spot to hide there were no limbs or a when tree. there's water there there's a lot more places and there's I fish spread out yeah, 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 you, yeah. Def- you probably would have took you twice as much time to fish what yeah. we did for sure if yeah, you couldn't we skipped tell over a lot of places <laughs> yeah that you know but sometimes do hold fish you know <sighs> depending like this summer really got them fish hold up and they still haven't moved and been able to space out well, has adequately. Adequate water for them. Well, the one time I went there was, but still, they're still yeah. But that was for what, two enough, days. Yeah, exactly. Not for a long enough time to make any difference. Yeah, so. it's the only time that they can move, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say they Spring can't time. move now, but they're pinned down. They're kind of pinned they'll down. They'll be up and moving pretty good to eat. It'll be good. Just wait till I guess on water. that river they'll go downstream, right? They got. They can't go too too far up river right uh not much further than that i would imagine it, it flattens out a little after that well i can't we can't go up any further so who so who cares i'm sure i'm sure a lot at the mouth of it. i'm sure that, uh yeah yeah we could probably walk down and i've never walked down yeah you did you and me did it all the way yeah when the fuck did we do that in the summertime remember that deer jumped out behind us uh, yeah, I guess we did, didn't we? Yeah. Did we actually fish it down now? We couldn't. It was overgrown and... Yeah. Because I know that... I don't know. Yeah, that, the, what we try to travel up, it, when it gets down, it deltas out too much. Yeah. I feel like it's just too tough. Flat, to, 
It's like swampland and yeah, yeah. It's a little rough. So think a big one might live in there. But you guys got to travel some new area, and we, I want to hear about it. We did. Uh, I I I've been in a funk lately and just haven't little, left. Little butthurt, I didn't get invited, but and hey, haven't left cool. the house. And uh, you've invited me on a trip in four months. So. <laughs> I invited you and your daughter out a couple months ago, and you guys came out. How many floats have you done? Probably six or eight. No, oh, no. Hell. What are you talking Shut about? Up, I've Mark. done one float with PJ. <laughs> get in Jay, line. Like, it's been like two years. Get in line. No, I, don't, I mean, ultimately, I'm not going to row, so call me when you want me to catch the fish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to hear about it. Well, uh, You're funky. I, I was talking to a guy on Facebook. And <laughs> this sounds this sounds familiar. Is he gonna be on our podcast? <laughs> Maybe. <I don't> know. <laughs> we, we didn't even speak of that. Last time, last time. <laughs> no, last time. The, now the guy sits next to me every was week. It, was <laughs> it about fishing? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while now. It was it about has. fishing. And I said, "Hey, John, do you want to go explore water?" I, I said, "I need to go. I need to get out. I need to get in the water and like sure. see somewhere new." Yeah. He said, "Yeah, I do." And I said, "It's a musky float." Mark's off on Saturday. I'll give Mark a call, see if he wants to go. Mark wanted to go. I said, all right, let's go. So we ma- plans were made. Uh, and there's only so much you can do on Google Earth looking for yeah. put-ins and takeouts yeah. and stuff that's easy and stuff that's not and places to park and and all the, the side stuff that's not involved with fishing. You Until know what you I mean? put true eyes on it, you don't know what the fuck's really there. And I've had true like eyes. Like a three-foot drop-off boulders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't see exactly. that on Google Earth. No, no, you don't. And I've had true eyes on these places before. And just you don't think about it. You think, oh, yeah, we could do this. We have we have muscles. We can do this. They're not as easy as you think. But we found one, one good place to slide a boat in. My boat's a lot heavier than your raft, Jay. Oh, <laughs> a yeah. lot. <laughs> what, like three hundred some pounds? You know what? I thought it was a light boat, but I tried. I unstrapped it and tried lifting it up. I bet you that boat's four fifty. I don't think it's that heavy. I bet it's more. It's over it's, three. I bet it's three. That's why I thought I would say three hundred some pounds. I bet yeah. it's up. That's a heavy boat. I would say three. I think four guys with straps underneath it could pick it up easily. I couldn't budge it by myself. I mean, that's by yourself. That's not four guys. But uh, but we, we ended up sliding the boat down, and it was a beautiful put-in. And Mark and I did it, just the two of us. Just the two of us. We made castles in the sky, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. By then, John got there. and I was like, You're assholes in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so we said, John was like, he, he'd never met us before, like in real life. <laughs> and he was like, all right, um, you guys are way uglier than I imagined you to be. He's like, "What? What are we gonna do now? What? What do we do?" He's like, "Do I stay here?" I said, "No, you have a car. You have to follow me to the to the takeout and then drive us both back up here, and we're gonna leave your car up here." He's like, "Oh, okay." So I was like, "Do you have any service? Can you find the takeout?" Because <laughs> I dropped him a pin. We had a group, and I dropped a pin, but I had no service to find the the takeout. So I was like, oh, I made a, a random guess on how to get out, and it was the right way. And we went to the takeout. We were back in 20 minutes, I think. It was quick, easy, nice place to take out. My boat doesn't drag through grass very well. We found that out, too. It's a nice place to take out a raft. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it is a full wench, two chains, 
in, in a, a ratchet strap away from parking. <laughs> just in case you were wondering. And like okay. I said, we can't pick the boat up, so we just winched it and then pulled the winch back out, removed a chain, winched it back up, pulled the winch back out, removed another chain, and then did the same thing with the ratchet strap and then the length of the cable. And it was a pain in the butt. It took us half an hour to load the boat yeah. at the end of the day. But that was the end of the day. You know, it wasn't bad, though. That's the weird part. Like, yeah. It's like, all right, whatever. Because <laughs> the water was so freaking cool. How I, many gentlemen's breaks did that take? No, we're right in town. Oh. As big of a town as that place is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but John had never been in a drift boat before. And some of the water we were going through was a little bit sporty, you know? It's more aggressive than uh than the Shenanga River that we, we float a lot, you know? So he's like, <gasps> I was like, hey. Sportier than the trout stream? Um, yeah. Yeah. Bigger. Bigger, faster. faster. Really? Yeah. yeah. Sweet. If, if you can just take that Did river you have to tell him you were in a boat floating? It, that would be <clears> good. <throat> he, he was like, <gasps> like, like, John, breathe, breathe. I said, don't be scared unless I'm scared. And I'm not scared, man. I was like, I'm having a blast. You should be have enjoy this, man. This, it, it was fun water. Right? It's a white water, yeah. like a mini white water scale, you know? Oh, cool. Like class twos, I'd say. Yeah, and you know, of all of it, I mean, there was some gnarly stuff, but nothing there I would say was overly dangerous, dangerous. No. I mean, even if that one big one, if you got sucked in it, you'd still come out of it. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have rolled or anything in it. We wouldn't have got pinned or... No, no. I mean, there was enough clearance at the bottom. It wasn't like boulder to boulder. It was like boulder with enough opening to like row around the next boulder. You had enough room to do movements. Yeah, I mean... Even with even with your... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with the raft, it'd be... Oh, yeah. with the raft, it'd be pinpoint. You can go... You can zigzag out of them. Yeah. I... I did notice a couple It'd be fun though. A couple You'll things on my drift boat compared to your raft. Like the oar placement, I was like, ah, I don't like this. So I, I was sitting on the top of the back of the seat. And then it drops the oars down a little bit. And that's like a better rowing position. And for for your boat? Yeah, in my boat. So I was sitting up higher, which dropped the oars down on my like below my nipples. And it was a better rowing position. It, it was easier to row all day like that. So I think I might move that seat up, put some some uh, spacers in, and move that seat up. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good idea. That did that help sitting up there a little bit. Yeah, um, but it was beautiful water, and I definitely think we can utilize that a lot. And it's not as far as you think from from our house. I think it was like twenty nine minutes. It'll be good smally water. Close. Really yeah. good smally water. I'm so. sure we'll probably pick a lot of stray trout through it, but there was musky feeding in it. We didn't see any. Yeah, we didn't see. Uh, you and John both saw fish of unknown species. Like uh, good sized fish? Or, like, or sized fish, like even like smallmouth sized fish? Yeah, they look like big suckers. I mean, they oh, were okay. sitting behind rocks and darted off, but they were in the upper teen to 20 inch range fish so they're trout <laughs> they Possibly. very well may have been very well may have yeah i didn't even like cross my mind to think about that but yeah they could have been yep but yeah huh. man uh, it's like yeah but of all that water like fast like that it'll just it'll drop out into six seven foot and it's big deep enough holes to hold smallies and musky down in it mm-hmm. and voila like nikki voila. was talking about 
I mean, if you back row steady and don't let off, you can pretty much hold it in spot. But if you let off, you're going to keep going. You're going to, and it's not easy to get. You can get back up, but in some areas you're not. Park and fish the shore. Some areas, no. no. All, I mean, all yeah, bank, like woods, bank to woods. Or? I suppose some areas you could, but I'm going to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to walk out in it. It's that hard. That more rocks. Oh, it's flowing, and it's like we we first right when we got there, we got out in like dang near still water, and it was hard to walk up it. Hmm. You were just tripping and slipping it's on one over. of those places like oh, the never gets, that doesn't look like yep. it's moving, but it's moving. And you get out in it, and it is. It's cooking. Water's know, moving real yeah. quick in it. I know Chad. We very in, we very in, gradient. We were in the lo, we were in the Ganey at my uh, bachelor party, and Chad yeah, got fuck out. You, Chad. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I bet gets, it's due to temperature, right? Uh, he gets out of the water, and you tried swimming upstream. Yeah, and it didn't look like the water was moving at all, but you couldn't gain any nothing. Uh, you couldn't go upstream at uh, up river at all. I was doing my best, Michael Phelps. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and this is when he was still skinny. <laughs> so he was he was Michael Phelps and his ass off. And see, any of us not, but it was it didn't look like it was moving at all. No, let's put it this way: it's not going to be an easy river to fish when it's cold. Yeah, like yesterday, yeah. too fast. It's, yeah, too fast. It'll but be a know, good river to fish when the not fish a are bad active. time to waste a little bit of time. No, it was perfect. And can't know it for yeah. when it's hot. Exactly. If you, if you that one spot now. at the end could have gotten really squirrely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you know I was jumping out? Um, No. Okay. Because I just heard you all of a sudden go, oh, okay. And you know, I could tell the like relief set and you're like, the boat is completely stopped. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing because it's like... The river big, delta's out. Yeah, this big, huge pole that like gets super deep and it's perfect. And then it just comes dead flat to like a stop, and it trickles out around the right, and it gains a ton of speed, and then there's just a big massive strainer with a root knuckle. There's like two of them. That, like there's that big strainer there, and then there's like a bigger portion of the river, but there's an entire tree down across it. Yeah, you can't get near it in the section you have to go through. You would almost have to go into a wrap and back row. You just can't do it. Like, last second, I'm like, yep, this ain't going to happen. I jumped out of the boat, grabbed the back of it, stopped us, and, like, walked us down around it. Pretty much. Sweet. I thought Mark was going to, like, hop in. I was like, leave my leave my nose facing toward the, the, the structure. He was like, oh, I'm just going to walk you down. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, like, next time we get there, we just hop out the top and just walk it right down. It's, it's easy to walk. It's all, like, shallow, but it just gets funky. It's weird. It's like all the water, like, hits that spot, so it, like, and push it off it to out one you, side, yeah. and then that side's all it's, deep, and then right where it goes to where it's, it's going to get shallow. Yeah, yep. and, there's like a, and there's a wrap in the middle of it. I can kind of visualize what you guys are explaining in your stereotypical head. strainer. Yeah. Yep. Okay, you you know the the fast water behind Matt's place, mm-hmm. like at the bottom of the pool. Sure. It's like that, but facing the other way, and yeah. having a root wad at the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I get you. That's yeah. exactly it. Yep. So you just once you get to where it kind of level like gets shallow, you can kind of just stand there. Yeah, this is all deep off to your left, yep. and then oh. where all the current goes through is all right, and yeah. you could just walk yourself out to the right and then go down through the current. There yep. is no doubt. There is tons of fish above that. Absolutely, that is a like so eighty yard up, and it's like an eighty yard pull that's like dead just, slow. Can you just back row? Yeah, you can just I just sit. back rode. I I didn't even row through it. Basically, and we just slowly meandered on through it's it. It's so slow, and it's super deep, and it's nice. We're definitely going to pull some fish out of that spot. Yes, sir. But yeah, that'll be a really good, really good raft place. 
Yeah, I mean, short slow. You know, like as we were saying, uh, <coughs> when our uh, river gets blown out, you know, that will run off of more of a natural up and down flow. It does, but there's a lot of ag runoff through there as well, so it gets muddy. Is sure, it? but low and muddy isn't terrible. Yeah, exactly. You know, where if, if ours is uh, just blown out because of simple retardation and not knowing, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't work for the, I don't know, the Army Corps, but, you know, sometimes the Army Corps doesn't seem like they're doing what's the logical thing to <laughs> when do. When the Ohio needs water and we don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> <That's the best laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. We yep. don't need it. We want to go fish. Yeah, they're not worried about our fishing. They're worried about the Ohio We're needing gonna, water. We need more natural floats that we can kind of dictate. Yeah, yeah, we're it. Yeah, it. We only really have realistically, though, to think around here. What do we have? Two, three, three. Because the one up north. Yeah, we have three realistic places. That's it available mm-hmm, to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the rest of them do come. Now there's some that really don't push enough water that it really could ever get to that point to worry about, but. For the most part, the rest of them are. They're all controlled. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so if you fuckers out there listening think you're having a rough time this year, my weekend consisted of one landed red ear sunfish ice fishing. <laughs> Had to drive to New York, then back to PA to a certain lake to fish. But it was fun. I walked on water. Fucking greatest thing in the world. Played the video game of grown-ups, the Vexilar. <laughs> But uh, I lost it like another crappie. We would hit a lake we'd never been. So little ride. Found the ice. There was a fucking a lot of it. I was surprised. Everybody out there chilling. You know, one guy in the hut doing the same laugh over. <laughs> Had to get the fuck away from that or I was going to go in there and be like, hey, bud, you going to do that dumb laugh all day? Nah, just kidding. But had a good time. And then what? Landed a chub today. So. You think you're having a rough time, man. Look at that fucking weekend. I traveled hundreds of miles. I caught a red ear sunfish and a chub. (laughs) Red ear and a chub. Hell yeah, man. Some exotic shit. And happy about it. (laughs) Fucking topwater in January. That is pretty cool. It's a good thing about chubs, man. Them things will play all the time. Dependable. No, I seen seen them. They were there. They they wanted to eat just like everything else. So made me a... overthink like why the fuck couldn't i get bit yesterday i got 300 dollar fish finder <laughs> supposed to make fish bite better or me see them or whatever the hell. none of it worked but it was awesome so do we have anything else we want to hit on guys <laughs> no stay fishing all right man well hey tonight's show has been brought to us by predator flag gear check them out at predatorflaggear.com arex hooks arex hooks.com sims fishing simsfishing.com hey check out our boy, Ryan Evans, at uh, queencityguiding.com. Yeti, built for the wild. Why not fishing in the app, the duck? Hey, tonight we have been recording from the Urban Fly Co. Studios. Check Mark out at urbanflycompany.com. <laughs>